to um, Star Wars Weekly. This is our episode seven, uh, and we're stoked to be talking to you about this week's news. We're going to uh, launch it off right now. Uh, it is Adam and Grant and myself, Ben. Uh, we're happy to be here, and uh, we're going to kick right into Core World News with Grant. All right, so we have a bunch of news items on the list this week. We have the uh, the Han Solo trailer just dropped uh, last Sunday. Uh, we heard on a podcast that Tony Gilroy said uh, Rogue One was in dire straits and deep trouble before he stepped in to not only reshoot but also do enough work on the flick to earn a writer's credit. So that looks like a, almost a restructure job that he did. Uh on another podcast, we heard Simon Pegg uh, speak about his thoughts on Ray's parentage and how, in JJ's original vision, her parentage could have been more relevant to the story, uh, the story's previous, uh, the prequel trilogy, as well as the original trilogy, and um, how that parentage reveal could have been tied to maybe characters of the past uh, or characters in the future. We don't know. Um, we also see our. We also got our first reoccurring bounty hunter uh, mm. in the. Uh, in the Disney era, and this is uh, Tam Posla, really cool design. We'll talk about her, for, uh, him for a little bit. Um, we also have, uh, uh, we also have uh, our Phantom Menace reflection uh, discussion that will happen mm-hmm. after the news. So that's just our uh, our list of things we'll be talking about today. Those are our topics, and uh, maybe just a little bit more on Solo after we get through our reflections, because I think we have a lot to say on the upcoming Solo film out yeah. May 25th. A lot of good Absolutely. stuff in that new trailer. Mm-hmm. So we'll jump into that first uh, news item, which is the Han Solo trailer. Uh, what do we all think about it? What uh, what do we love? What do we what, what do we think critically on? Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, so uh, you know, I, I think I joined this podcast after both of you have talked a lot about Solo, so I don't think I've expressed my, my feelings about <laughs> Solo yet. And to be honest, prior to this this last preview, I was lukewarm on it. I've al- I was always a little um, hesitant about a Solo origin story. I'm not a big origin story guy, but after this last trailer, I, I literally, the first thing I wrote when I was watching it was, I am 100% on board now with like five exclamation points, so I'm, <laughs> I'm loving it. Um, but that's my general reaction. I can talk about some more specific stuff as we get into it, but uh, what do you guys think? What do you think, Grant? I know you have a lot of strong feelings about this. Oh, I love this film. I mean, this looks like the space western mm-hmm. about loyalty that we've been talking about for the you know our, our past episodes. It's kind of like it might be all about betrayal. You, it might be about the kind of lone gunslinger at the center mm-hmm. of the story, Han Solo. Yeah, he might figure out that you know everyone's going to betray him in this film, and that he only has one trusted friend, which is Chewbacca. And that's I think we've been talking about that in episodes previous. And uh, it just it, that trailer really sold it to me when they drop lines like betrayal, things like that. We've been talking about that. Yeah. You know, in weeks prior, but uh, I'm just super excited. This looks like a Western, really, to me. Yeah, it does. And I'm really excited about that. Yeah, and it looks relatively self-contained, too. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it just seems to be, like, this one really cool planet, which I've been referring to as, like, the Siberia planet. Yeah. Um, but it uh, it looks awesome, and it, and it it this one especially, I mean, the, I thought all of the trailers looked really beautiful um, and, and pulled me in, but this one in particular, it really played to the fields. Yeah. Um, you know, I... We all love these characters, um, but this is like, oh, the fact that we're, like, we're going to get a lot of Chewie. We're going to mm-hmm. get classic Lando, and yep. I, this got me really excited about um, Alden Ironreich's right. uh, yep. acting and, and role portrayal of Han Solo, because it just looked so fun. Yeah. Well, it was our first trailer where we got a good view of him actually doing Han Solo or trying to be yeah. Han Solo, and, and I appreciate it. And I know it's actually, I've, I've seen a couple of things online pop up about 
commenting how much it looks like the Star Trek reboot, which I don't necessarily no, see. But what I'll say is I did write that I feel like he's pulling a Chris Pine as Kirk type thing where he's not trying to do an impression of Han right. Solo, but he's trying to get into that role. Right. And I buy him as Han Solo, which I'm shocked I was even able to do just through the trailers. I think he's going to do a good job. Right. The vocal signature is like it's a little yeah. off, yeah. Yeah. but I like that. I yeah. like getting a new rendition of this character that we all know and love. It just, if anything, it just adds a, you know, a, a dynamic to the character and i yeah. think that's kind of yeah. interesting yes yeah i yeah. know i'm buying in it's yeah. not distracting at all to me i'm just i just want to hear more and i want to see him do awesome stuff and you know him being a driver you know in addition to a pilot is like yeah let's see this dude on land let's yeah. see what he can do and uh looks like it's gonna be awesome and also donald glover's billy oh, d or so lando bad. is amazing <laughs> billy d. Oh, it God. is him doing an impression but it's such it a really great does sound impression yeah. it's just him it's oh. it's amazing i just want that that standalone film at some point <laughs> 70s disco tech swag yeah, that's gonna be the thing it wouldn't back I mean, the club guy yeah. i love best I love case that. scenario is we come away from this film wanting you know like more from yeah. from all these guys and uh yeah it looks like larry's writing is awesome yeah. mm-hmm. oh his um, lines are so good and yeah i would definitely disagree it's looking like a star wars reboot like it this I, looks like a modern yeah. day sergio leone yeah it really like does. spaghetti western it to me. Really does. i'm so excited and, and I, I think i we were texting after the trailer and I or even before the trailer dropped and I talked about the Magn- Magnificent Seven and right. how, is yeah. this their version and the new poster if you count the number of people on the poster there are seven, of them. seven wow. of them I literally like one two three four yeah. five six seven I'm like ooh we're gonna get a Magnificent Seven in space right. that's right or something similar a western. And, and you and you were talking about how that planet looks like a kind of Siberian kind mm-hmm. of it might have yeah. tundra and it might have desert and it might just kind of yeah. have forest even we don't know but uh a lot of people are saying those those tusks uh, at the entrance to that mm. cantina almost looks mm. like the symbol like the mandalorian symbol and that planet oh. could be mandalore but oh. I, I i really i like mandalore being an int- uh mystery you know i don't know right. kind of i like the vague he's stuff he's carillion right yes so i mean there's a chance well i guess he's he's old enough where he's probably yeah. left home to go to wherever this is he and lando right. are both carillion i'm pretty sure oh, well, yeah I mean, at least from old EU, so I don't know if mm. it, it's in the new canon, but I definitely, definitely he is. Solo is, yeah, yeah. I would love to see Bespin at the end of this film, or just see how <laughs> oh, yeah, Lando oh, yeah. gets to the you know place he is yeah. as a, a leader in Bespin. What are other check boxes that you want to see um, checked off in this book for scenes? I know one for me is uh, Chewbacca needs to pull someone's arm out of his socket. Right, <laughs> it has to happen. I'm so excited for so much Chewbacca in this film. Yes, oh, it's gonna be so good. I think I want at the end of the film. I think I want the the voice of Jabba just from the shadows and have him kind of slowly <laughs> roll out and kind of just the, you know you know start us off in this new era for Han Solo where he's you know right. servicing smuggling and, another, yeah smuggling for for Jabba get another Han like my boogie line yeah Han <laughs> my boogie Han yeah. my boogie yeah. that um yeah I think in um the book uh, from a certain point of view mm-hmm. they spent a lot of time on Tatooine as you imagine um you can't imagine but uh. Yeah, they they refer to you know smuggling for Jabba as kind of the peak of of smuggling. Like that's yeah. that's sort of what you aspire to. Um, he pays well, but he you know pays you back brutally. Um, Which I guess we for all we know he is the person pulling the strings, right? Because because um, the main uh, the leader of the group, which is played by Woody Harrelson, finally came to me. Back I was yeah. stalling in that sentence trying to get Woody <laughs> Harrelson yeah. to come to me. Um, said we had we have a mission or we have a job from a guy, right, or yeah, someone gangster. big. Oh. So maybe that's big Jabba, shot, big that, shot gangster, and we don't know who that is throughout the film. And then finally, yeah. he said at the very end, maybe yeah. it's I, oh, I think oh, it's no. Dryden Boss. I think it's Paul Bettany's character. Yeah, actually. that would that's what I think yeah. it is. Yeah. And, um, 
I mean, I'm hearing a lot of people talk about Kira and, and uh, Dryden Voss and, and, and kind of making predictions. And a lot of people are predicting that, you know, maybe Kira betrays Han sure. Solo. And this is kind of the big life lesson for him and yeah. uh, and, and in the story. And uh, I'm going to go the other way on this. And I'm going to say that she sacrifices himself for Han. I mean, she, she mm-hmm. brings him into it. Mm-hmm. She's not going to bring him into it to betray him when they were friends from, when, you know, when they were younger. I think there's going to be a sacrifice. And I think, you know, this will have been Han's first love. And then there will be a kind of classic Shakespearean sacrifice that's going to happen. And you're, she's going to be a good character. Just like we we thought kind of Laura Dern's, you know, Haldo was going to yeah. be this kind of uh, traitor or, or be a double cross right. crosser. Right. And, and then it went the other way. And it went yeah. the other way. It's kind of, I think that's that's kind of the same thing here. I think uh, she's going to be a, a good guy till the end. So that's cool. my prediction on that. Yeah. I think it gets, either one of those gets solo to where he needs to be at a new hope but right. I, I like that idea because he's clearly going well i don't want to say clearly because you never know with the movie but i think clearly going to be portrayed by everyone else in that film so it'd be nice to have like one one person that was yeah. fair yeah. to him Which other than chewbacca better. right we know yes chewbacca Chew- is going to be yeah. right i wonder yeah i mean we don't really know much about how you know there, there's really not much to tell as far as how han solo relates to women like i think of you know based on the original right. trilogy he's maybe a womanizer you know he's you know he's he knows how to seduce women. He seemed to, right. you know, but did this the long con with uh, with uh, Princess Leia, right. and, and it seemed to work yeah. out. And he seemed to read her pretty well, um, despite her nonverbal cues. Right, and he's kind of pushy, right? He's just kind of pushy, yeah. and he's arrogant and, yeah. and uh, self assured yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. So especially by the time we yeah. get to Empire, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think it really could go any way with Kira. It's not like she's necessarily going to break his heart oh. or die or you know or do do anything you know it might she just might be... do all of the above really and yeah. just be this right. wild card that, that yeah, you yeah. Know, uh, kind of formative of han's uh view on future love interests yeah. and whatever but um yeah so we'll jump into our next oh wait top, i just uh, want to say one more thing <laughs> which is the other the other wookie we see oh uh, yes yes okay. and i'm very excited because that it could be anyone, but I think it's Mala, his future wife, and that makes me excited because maybe it canonizes part of the uh, holiday special. Yeah, which... I think we've been told, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, that it is canon that the, oh, wow. the poor holiday special is at canon. least elements of it. I know, like, I think yeah. we were just looking, I think she is canon, and I think the son Lumpy is canon as well. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm so gonna make fantastic. you guys watch right. the holiday special. We're, we're gonna cover it, it's gonna oh, happen. Oh, god. That'll be that'll be a tough day. <laughs> I, I, I watched that when I was younger, and I've suppressed those memories pretty well. It's so good. Um, that's pretty. I've great. never seen it, so all right. I don't, gonna, I know that'll be think. great. That'll be even better. Now we have to watch. Yes, it. Yeah. do a reaction, we'll and do then it. we'll all claw our eyes out together. We'll do it in November around Life Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Got to be a good day. Catch me on a good day for that one. Um, so next news item is uh, Tony Gilroy said in a recent podcast called The Moment. He said. Uh, Rogue One was in deep trouble before he stepped in to do reshoots and, and rewrites of the, the story and kind of structure it so you, you feel that this is a story about sacrifice and uh, and he earned a writer's credit on the movie so we know he did a great deal of work changing it uh, yeah. from mm-hmm. Gareth Edwards' original director's cut so that was hugely interesting to me. I didn't know. And he even says he worked about nine months on the movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, yeah, I was not aware. So that may have been... Uh, it, it, I doubt all that time was for shooting. I, I guarantee you a lot of it was for writing, looking sure. at the script, restructuring scenes, figuring out what he was yeah. going to do to make his reshoots most effective. And uh, uh, But nine months is a long time. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a long time to yeah. give in your schedule <laughs> to a film. And Yeah, that's as much as, a, a you know, 
as as the lead director would probably spend in post, right? Right. Or more. I mean, yeah. that's that's a long time. I had no idea that was the case. I mean, we we all heard about the reshoots, sure. but um, you know, Gareth got a lot of the credit at the end, right. and, and I mean, they, he made a fantastic movie. I mean, you know, just one of my favorites. I think a lot of people right. love it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe I wonder, I don't know. I wonder if this is Tony being like, Hey, but yeah, this would have been terrible if it wasn't for me or, yeah. you know, and maybe he's looking to get a little bit of the credit yeah. on it. I mean, I generally think creative creatively, whether you're making movies or music or whatever, it always benefits from another person in the room, uh, collaborating. And, you know, I, I, I wish, it would be great to see another team up with these two guys with Gareth and, and Tony, if they worked well together, you know, do another thing in the future. If they're yeah. going to make something as good as Rogue One, yeah. then I would say Godspeed, but um, pretty right. cool. Man. And, and if you don't know who Tony Gilroy is, he's responsible for the Bourne trilogy yeah. and uh, the Bourne movies. So, uh, yes, we, we, they're, and they're really good scripts. If you've ever read uh, the first Bourne movie, the script for it, it's an incredible script. So oh, right. he is an amazing screenwriter. And Solid if someone's going to do a fix on your movie, yeah. man, this yeah. is the guy to call. So I'm yeah. glad they did call him. I'm glad Rogue One turned out the way it did because the third act of that yeah. film is probably one of my favorite third <sighs> acts in any film in the past so solid. Know, yeah. 10, 20 years. Yeah. So And it also might, having this news come out might benefit Solo a little bit because I know, you know, people are nervous. Right. A big reason people are nervous about Solo is the change in directors and this thing. Right. But to go back and say, look, we've done this before at you know Disney saying we know when a film needs extra work, it needs another pass at it, and you can point to Rogue One to be like, this yeah. is what happens when we get two people on it. Right. Yeah, you know what's strange is I just you saying that when I looked at this last trailer specifically, I was really thinking I'm like, oh wow, this really feels Lord and Miller esque, like yeah. the, the like really lighthearted banter. Yep, um, that's what I was thinking, and I totally forgot like that's a Ron Howard movie. Yeah. And I mean, granted, it's a it's a Larry Kasdan script, and I guess that's right. where I think more of the construction of it. But um, I I like Ron Howard. I've liked a couple of his movies, mm-hmm. but I, a lot of his movies I've sort of walked away from feeling uninspired. Um, but looking at that, I yeah. I mean, granted, it had Star Wars at the front of it, so I'm going to be excited about. It. <laughs> well, but so, like, but still, yeah. like it's like this. We could. I know Ron Howard's a good director. Everyone says he is, and the, a lot of people that are a lot smarter than me and a lot more experienced. So Ron Howard can put a solid film together. He yeah. can also put a soulless film together. And I and yeah. I and I that's really harsh and I feel bad saying that, but and I'm kinda of with you. I love some of his movies and some of his movies just lack heart. Yeah. But if you had Lord Miller in there for so long, maybe they put the heart in it and right. he came in to just construct it and put it together into a coherent right and what an, what an odd film. couple of directors like to put those two together. Right. And the same thing with Tony Gilroy and Gareth Edwards. Right. Like what a odd couple there too. Yeah, it's be, just kind of interesting, interesting how it's to see, uh, you know, how much Lord and Miller affected the production after you know after we see the movie and, yeah. and think about what they did and what credit they get. We don't, we still don't know what kind of credit they're going to get. I think executive sure. producer was in an article last yeah. week. They they that they were going to get that. They were gonna, hmm. uh, they were fine with getting an executive producer credit, yeah. but at the same time, I mean, they are responsible for choosing Elden Ehrenreich mm-hmm. for Han Solo. They right. loved his composure right. in the you know, during the. Uh, That's the, right. Yeah. The auditions. They, so. Were there? There was. It was just the villain that Ron re, recast, right? Right. The villain was a CG villain, and it was Michael K. Williams playing the role before yeah. Paul Bettany came on board. Right. And so, instead of getting this CG kind of tiger mountain right. lion character that was going to be this big time big shot gangster and now we have paul bettany with a scarred with, face right. it's kind of just a different mask, aesthetic yeah. really but and paul bettany's great i mean like right. he he yeah. can he can he'll be a good villain like i have no yeah. problem with him as a villain i think he'll be able to and the rumor was that michael k williams got taken out because he couldn't come back for all the reshoots for the ron howard do reshoots we, yeah, yeah do he couldn't come back buy that or is that do you think the story and and 
Ron Howard's like, I don't want to do a CGI character. I mean, well, who knows? It's all speculation. But Yeah, it's all speculation. Right, yeah. I mean, I just don't know. Um, and, and, yeah, Ron Howard doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that's like, no, i got to use my guys. Yeah, know, he, seems, yeah. he seems to be like a team player. He's the one that you bring in there to sort of make all the troops, you know, raise the morale of all the troops yeah. and make them happy and, and, you know, cross the yeah. finish line. Except I mean, for Clint Howard. That's the only... That's the only writer he has in this thing i'm right. sure his brother's yeah show up somewhere oh yes he film. said his brother is in the film has to be it's always film. yeah um it's also an interesting point to think you know these films are you know rogue one and uh solo and the last jedi i mean I'm probably not the last jedi but these are these films are being made by kind of inexperienced directors directors mm-hmm. only have a few movies under their belt yeah and uh and they're they're not veterans like Irvin kershner or you know george lucas during the prequels they're not like you know so to have another director come on board who has more experience is only going to make the film better. To have Tony Gilroy yes. come on board mm-hmm. with Rogue One is only going to make the film better. This is just a sharing of, exper- of experience, and I think that that's that's a yes. great that's a yeah. great thing. Especially so there's no with, negative yeah. you know feelings that should come out of this. Is you're only getting better Star Wars for for these kind of so sharing of experience. This just a thought just occurred to me. If you guys don't mind diverging a little bit, yeah. um, let me ask you two because you have a much better encyclopedia of knowledge about directors. So with that in mind, we've got Ryan Johnson, right? Same thing. Doesn't have a ton of films under his belt, but a lot of promise. But we got a movie where he didn't collaborate with anyone, really. You know, he had um, uh, Max and and Kathleen were other, you know, producers, but that was sort of it. So Dream Team, who would you pair with Ryan Johnson for his trilogy as like another sort of totally out of the box director to sort of help? Um, improve, maybe just make his his script a little more well rounded um, for uh, for his trilogy. Mm-hmm. I know this is off the cuff. You're not at all in terms of like, for this. in terms of screenwriters or directors. Yeah, so so Ryan Johnson has another trilogy coming yeah. out. You know, we know we've got that to look forward to. Um, and yeah, and they they described it as a trilogy, right? right. So it's definitely three movies. Yeah. So, but like I, in the spirit of all all directors, but especially young directors. Will benefit from a collaborative presence there. Who would you um, Who would you pick as a director to work with him to sort of? Any could right. be anyone. Okay, so if if he's writing the new trilogy, mm-hmm. and I had to pick three directors to direct each movie in the new trilogy, I would right. pick probably people like Sam Mendes who did the the Bond films. Oh. I would oh, pick nice. like Alfonso Cuarón who did like you know Children of Men and Prisoner of Azkaban and the Harry Potter yeah. series, and, mm. and maybe like Mark. Uh, I did Mark Forrester already. Uh, yeah, Mark Forrester uh, who did Casino Royale. And, yeah. Um, World War Z. World War Z is not a great movie. Uh, right. He's a great director. He makes yeah, really no. kind of gritty, real, yep. kind of real world things that feel really interesting and current. And and you think that hmm. would would blend specifically with? I just think it, it wouldn't be from a younger perspective, and it wouldn't be from a, a seasoned, you know, right. kind of veteran director perspective. Right. It would be from these guys who are just you know middle aged and just really crushing it. At right. Directing. At the peak of their skills yeah. and yeah. just doing it. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. I love that Sam Mendes pick. I think that's. I think that like that's brilliant. Right. I. For some reason, my mind keeps going to, and, and I'll explain to you why what I'm about to say is completely wrong. <laughs> well, my mind keeps going to Denny Villeneuve, right? The guy who oh, did right, yeah. Arrival, but right. I feel like actually his weaknesses match up completely Please, with right. the weaknesses <laughs> of Ryan Johnson. So it's just going to be two people who are just so focused on style. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't think that would work. And I'm drawing a blank, but I think I had some ideas and then Sam Mendes blew all my ideas out of my head. Like literally can't access because I think... I think that's it. I think getting people who can direct blockbuster action films. I mean, you just look at like Casino Royale, and you look yeah. at, and you look at the the current Bond movies, and they do have their issues, but those issues seem mm. to come more from um, 
the broccoli family who owns right. Bond and saying you have to make this this Certainly. one long story. Did, but they're so solidly directed. Did Mendez do Skyfall? I think he stepped yeah, in at Skyfall. Mendes did Sky, yeah, Mendez did Skyfall. He that also did the Quantum of Solace. And, yeah, yeah. And the most current one, which is Spectre. I yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, Spectre was interesting. I thought Skyfall was maybe the best Bond movie oh, I've ever seen. Really it was good. fantastic. And, it was like three movies right. in one, and each was more entertaining than the last. But you know, Sam Mendes did like American, American Beauty, Beauty and Revolutionary yeah. Road. He, he yeah, really yeah. knows drama too, which yeah. is like I think that's key. I think being able to do the blockbuster, but being able yeah. to do those kind of tight knit drama, dramatic yeah. stories. I like that right. pick. I like well, that pick a lot. If, if you're listening out there, Ryan, play nice. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Sam, get on and board. For, for God's sake, let's get a let's get a woman. A woman director as yeah. soon as possible. I think Ava Duvernay yeah. could oh, do it. I um, think um, Catherine Bigelow could do yep. one. I think, um, yeah. <laughs> I think. I uh, think. Yeah, Catherine uh, Bigelow would be great. What's her name? Um, uh, Handmaid's Tale. Um, I'm forgetting it right now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think. Yeah. I think. Uh, Again, Catherine I'm literally asking because you have much better. Um, yeah. You, you have much better yeah. knowledge of this stuff than I do. Yeah, Catherine Bigelow is, would be such a solid pick too because. She can do the action. She can do the mm. the, the, the 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 plotting. Yeah, elements, right. the, I big, think. the big battle yeah, scenes exactly. too, right? And yeah, things like that. Yeah, and the kind of the military aspect of Star mm-hmm. Wars would be handled yeah. well with Kathleen, yeah. Catherine Bigelow. So. I like it. Fascinating. Well, cool. So jumping to the next uh, news item, which is uh, we have a we have our first reoccurring bounty hunter in the Disney era, which is Tam Posla. I think uh, <laughs> she uh, he appears in. I keep calling her Sheik. Is some. For some, right. for some reason, I don't know why. You were I misinformed, guess. I think. Because yeah. there probably should be a female yeah. bounty hunter. But um, we, we dug really, did a lot of research for about five minutes on Wikipedia <laughs> and discovered yeah, yeah. that it who was he. Who he was. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, apparently he was in four Dr. Afra comics, right. which yeah. uh, I guess people, um, Adam blew through and, and didn't notice. I, don't, I, <laughs> I read a lot of comics. I do love that series. Yeah. And, yes, I, and yeah. I now I need to go back and reread those. Yeah. But I, for in terms of like, remembering major points or like i'm yeah. just like i don't know i like it it's fun yeah <laughs> next I, month yeah i'm gonna dip back into yeah. i i had stopped my marvel because i had a a um subscription there for a while but yeah. i got a little you know it's i had read tough. everything and then sort of backed off yeah. and then the new darth vader came out and i was yeah. like oh my it's god hard to keep. it's so there's good it's two i think darth two comics come out good. every week like two star wars yeah. comics come out every and week. i need like, to read know. it all in a in a blow you know i got like halfway through yeah. um obi-wan and anakin which is a fantastic like mm-hmm. they're giving the comics like storylines that i've yeah. always wanted to see and it's a little disappointing because I'm, I'm not a comics first guy yeah for comics first people i bet it's fantastic but yeah. Holy cow, like seeing like Anakin and Obi-Wan yes. just like crushing yep. and like out in the world, like that's the kind of movie I want to see. And of course, like the first days of Darth Vader mm-hmm. is yeah. I can't believe they made that into a comic yeah. and not a standalone movie or a TV series or something like fantastic. Yeah, it's, some of them almost annoy me because I'm like, you're wasting good material. Yes. Even though I love comics, right. like I'm such yeah. a comics guy, but I'm like, I want to see this in a movie. Live action, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it would be so good. I mean, yeah. but the the comics are so good too. Yeah. So um yeah, check those out. Um, so I'm sorry. I, I no, no, no. So, so we just know Tam Posla is yeah. in Rogue One, and we right. also know that this character will also be in Solo. And yeah. in the background, we, I think uh, he's in the background of the Denny's commercial yes. spot. So I imagine that's <laughs> right. you know, that set is used yeah. for Solo, and possibly he will make an appearance there too. So yeah. it's nice to get a reoccurring bounty hunter. And yeah. you can see a lot of similarities with Boba Fett in terms yeah. of yeah. costume. Is yeah. The helmet even has the kind of the, the viewfinder type. Yes. Oh, yeah, right. The flick right. down that's viewfinder. Yeah. Because it's in that, I mean, it's, it's a new bounty hunter in the original trilogy era, yeah, which is sort of fantastic. Oh, well, yeah. I guess a little pre, little pre, but yeah. but still, like it's nice to see a new one because it could have been Bosk, it could have been yeah. IG eighty eight, right? Yeah, you know they could have brought live action um, 
the guy with a hat that I can't remember right now uh, from Clone or Rebels. Oh Clone yeah, Wars, I um, I can never remember his name, but yeah, yeah, yeah um, guy with a hat. It's Filo- I guess Filoni gave him a hat because it's the same hat that Filoni wears. Oh, and, there you uh, go. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> the um, Cad Bane. Cad Bane. Yeah, there yeah, there you go. Thank you. Um, and they make a joke about it in one of the episodes. He's like, oh, or that like I think Ahsoka makes a comment about his dumb hat. <laughs> it's kind of great. So a child in a mask. No, we're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're a hundred percent leading up to this bounty hunter facing off with Boba Fett at some point oh, in either a comic com- or a comic cartoon. Story, right? Like yeah. I just bopped in my head. I'm like, that is a hundred percent going to be a yeah. comic. And I think the solo toys come out tonight, right? I think we're taking oh, wow. on Friday. Cool. I think they come out tonight. So we'll know how, how much they were putting money into him. If he gets his yeah. own, his own action figure. And I think there, there are some, some toys that do spoil, I think plot points in the movie. So I, I'm trying to stay away from the toys I'm, this time around. Yeah. I'm excited for this movie. This is a Kazdan script. Yep. I'm super excited for this movie. I usually <laughs> don't care about spoilers in terms of the, the yeah. sequel trilogy yep. and whatnot. But for this film, I'm definitely trying to stay I, away. From toys for some reason are some of the biggest spoilers ever. They yeah, ruined they really the giant man scene in Captain America Civil War for me. Oh no. Literally oh, just yeah. walking around target. I'm like, there's a giant man action figure before that movie came out. I'm like, Oh wow. great. Now I know that happens. Wow. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks, Target. Thanks, Target. I just wanted some hand towels. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a question for you guys. Now, actually did. While we're on the point of, of Tam Pazla, do we think that John Favreau is going to reuse some of these background characters that are, are that they've uh, already built costumes for, that they're already designed makeups for? Do you think he might just reuse some of these characters and, and bring them in? They're already beautiful, ready-for-camera uh, makeups and, and, I, and costumes. That it just seems I think like... it's very much in the spirit of Star Wars to borrow and yeah. have, put mm-hmm. Easter eggs in yeah. and, you know, use a character here and there just to make, you know, a really cheap, oh my gosh, that's mm-hmm. so great, you yeah. know, moment. But I have a feeling if you, you know, if you got the keys to the kingdom, you'd want to make your own indelible characters that are going to last a lifetime. And I'm sure Favreau would want to play around too. But yeah, it'd be really cool. I mean, who wouldn't want to see the... Uh, Tam Posla Boba Fett showdown, and if like it happens right. on his watch, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> and I, mean, I think people thinking that this TV show is going to have a bloated budget. You have to remember, Lucasfilm has a warehouse. Yep. Of yeah, so many. Oh, different that's costumes, a good point. So many different props. I see what you mean. But it's like, like it's, a, yeah, they're going to bring so much back into the fold that I feel like it's going to yeah. be, a, you know, the show. The budget's not going to be bloated. I didn't even think yeah. about it budget wise. You're totally right. Like yeah. they can save so much money right. just reusing this like gorgeous yeah, warehouse yeah. Right. of like yeah, costumes and stuff. You see that a lot in Agents of Shield. They borrow mm-hmm. a lot from the Marvel movie for that reason i'm sure they're trying to keep their budget right. down so they can spend yeah. more on special effects and the yeah. effects in that show is actually pretty solid huh. yeah nice. you guys you think of everything cool so uh Mostly great next uh <laughs> uh next topic is uh on, on on another podcast uh not the moment not the one that tony goro is on another podcast simon Pegg shared his thoughts about ray's parentage and he himself hinted that uh in JJ's original uh, vision, uh, Ray's parentage could have been a little more relevant than the answer we got in the Last Jedi, and uh, I I thought that was really interesting because I again my mind started reeling who 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 could her who could her parents be in JJ's original vision? What could how could you retcon it in nine to where JJ gets to have the, the storyline he originally came up with, you know, continue and in the parentage actually be relevant to the story and, and who who could they be if so so how could you could you clear that up for me a little bit Susan when yeah. he says it could have been meaning like according to JJ's original outline there were some teasers towards goes, her having a more I don't know verbatim parentage. what he said but I did read the quote the verbatim quote and it was to the effect it was something like uh you know, in JJ's original vision I, th- I thought it could be more relevant but you know the new movie does 
this dot 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 and kind of right. doesn't really explain and you know but i'm her father and kind of breaks into like you know uncle plutz her father a kind whatever, of yeah it's kind of joking manner he it really it, he kind not of a is a father deal. figure for this, ray in yeah a in a way but not um, a very good one but no. right it, one and he's, yeah and he's, if he gives her food he's really just like for doing a subtle work. hint that you know jj's yeah. vision it could have been yeah. more relevant and he thought maybe it was more relevant he, and you know they talk a lot when they're yeah. on set together because they have the history with start making the star trek movies together and, and mission things impossible. like mission yeah. impossible yeah. and you know they of course they're gonna have you know talks about the story you know behind the scenes yeah. and so when simon Pegg kind of re- revealed that you know I, I think jj's version uh had raised parents being a little bit more relevant to the the right. past s- stories and trilogies it's kind of like oh really what what was he thinking you know that's kind of what that's where my mind went yeah. immediately yeah. And what I'll say is, I mean, in terms of retconning it, of all the things that Ryan Johnson did to kind of screw over uh, JJ, <laughs> um, that to me is the least problematic because in the movie, it's a game of telephone. Right. It's right. it's right. Kylo telling Ray what Snoke told him, right? And right. So what it does could Kylo just be like, know? He can be just preying on her fears. He knows her yeah. fears. Right. And if the Sith do anything, they lie, right? Yeah. Right. right. So Snoke could have very easily just been lying to lying to Kylo, knowing it would get back to Ray that her parents were nothing, knowing this is a sore spot for her. Yeah. Trying to offer himself as a father figure at some point. So I, I think very easily JJ can just be like, nope, Snoke was lying. Two yeah, sentences, right, here we go. It's not just Kylo, it's Snoke and Kylo, because right. Snoke yeah. even says a Skywalker. You know, I thought you were a Skywalker, but I was wrong. Or, I don't know the line. Or Skywalker would rise. Yeah. 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 Skywalker, I was wrong. And, and yeah. so, so he even thought she was a Skywalker. He was wrong. Kind of this kind of embodiment of the sure. fans. Yeah. In a weird way. yeah. But, um. Oh, I, I interpreted that as literal as Luke Skywalker. It was oh, like, okay. I assumed it would be Skywalker. Like Luke Skywalker. Oh, okay, okay. So did I. But oh, now, that, now that you said that, Grant, yeah. I'm like, oh, that is a very thought, tricky line. Yeah, yeah. Say to be the, he just said Skywalker, which could yeah. mean. I assumed Skywalker, but I was right. Yeah, Interesting. I mean, yeah. maybe it's all a big thing. You know, it, how great would it be for a third act to actually recon it and have her be, you know, a significant, have significant parentage? Like, it would be a great reveal, reveal for a third act of right. a trilogy. Right. And, and, I mean, maybe this was Ryan Johnson's thing was like i'm gonna make it i'm gonna pull you know i'm not afraid to make it nothing and mm-hmm. maybe agitate some of the fan base and really give it no hope and do this you know like yeah right you know really take it out there so that jj it would be all the more powerful for jj when he brings it back yeah and, so um, if, you know that'd be fine, I'd be if, fine with that. if what simon Pegg says is accurate and maybe jj did have a different idea for the parentage did ryan shake the board too hard that you can't put those pieces back no. on in the way that it would it's a movie (laughs) like you know it's like of course you can do it and in star wars it's a space opera like yeah in in every of anyone jj knows how to retcon like he's like he will go to any length and he can make anything happen if he you know rebooted star trek he can you know retcon a parentage and you're coming from a history of films that don't necessarily pay the closest attention to what happened in previous installments i mean if you look at the prequels and how much uh, how much Lucas played around with statements in the original trilogy and not particularly right. letting that limit him. That like yeah. we're coming well, from it a, is like, true yeah, from a certain, certain point, point of view. view. Yeah. Yeah, certain <laughs> point of view. It's the Star Wars out for everything, right? Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Even Obi Wan tells tells yeah, lies. Right. Um, awesome. Um, oh, and then um, I just want to say one one last quick thing. And I have uh, a quick. I have a note so too. if if we are if if there if. If there is a retcon, who could her parents be? Who do you guys think her parents could be? And what would make sense? I mean, wouldn't Obi-Wan 
connection make sense? Would yes. yeah. a Palpatine connection make sense? Uh-huh. Like, what would make yeah. sense at this point? In the story? Well, we'll get into it more in a couple minutes, but I, I did notice the first characters we see in the first in episode one are well first characters that matter are you know qui-gon and obi-wan mm-hmm. and you know i know they're into mirroring and poetry and rhyming and all that and it would be sort of interesting if it's sort of i mean there's a lot of really interesting looks between shmi skywalker and oh and qui-gon Jin um in the middle of that movie they got some chemistry they some yeah, chemistry right some chemistry. and it's just sort of like that be i don't know and i don't know that's that's a long shot you know and, and the timing mm. doesn't work out yeah but there's there's a thing you could do there maybe yeah. that person's child like qui-gon had yeah. some delinquent you know but would that would that make well, in the overall scheme do you think like bringing qui-gon back into the fold is kind of a relevant character would that would that work for what happened in the force awakens and then the last jedi well uh, suddenly you know she instead of the Skywalker's Force Ghost. It could be Liam Neeson's Force Ghost, and like they should get this revealed. Be like, why? Who's this guy? And it's you know Liam Neeson, and 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 he's suddenly he's talking to her, and it's like she's his granddaughter. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know, and um and you know, and then we get maybe we get Hayden Christensen talking to. So Raygon Jin is kind of the where you're Jin. thinking, right? Yeah, maybe I don't know. I'm or, I'm, I'm making as, this as up literally right yeah, now. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. I, I know it. people have. Uh, I'm insulting people <laughs> yeah. who have written like you know yeah. ten thousand words on Raygon right, Jin. Yeah. yeah. But you know, yeah, maybe something like that. No, I, yeah. I would love that. I'd buy yeah. Raygon Jin's my, one of my favorite well, characters in the Star Wars. Eh? Favorite yeah. for him to come back. And they are pulling things into to the Star Wars era that they like from the prequels. They're not ignoring it, right? We got yeah. We got Darth Sidious name dropped. Yeah. We yes. We we got we got Jimmy Smith's in right like so <laughs> yeah so maybe and Qui Gon is a fan favorite yeah. for good reason that maybe yeah. he does I always assumed it was Obi Wan if I had to like if someone said that you're gonna right. you have to put a hundred dollars down it'd be on Obi Wan's granddaughter um, I just don't want it to be a Skywalker yeah mm-hmm. that's all I'm asking no that's it can't I, I mean yeah it really can't because they've sort of I mean that's one thing yeah. Ryan Johnson did sort of cut off. And also, this is the, the you know, the nine-episode series of the Skywalker story. Yeah. And it's over. It's going to be over in nine. And I think she's going to sort of open the door towards the yeah. rest of, um, towards the rest of the universe, the galaxy, and what, what happens heretofore. Yeah. Um, and so it wouldn't make sense for her to be, a, to, to continue the Skywalker legacy if that's yeah. going to be the end of it. The only way I'd be okay with it is, like, something Grant, I think you brought up a few weeks ago, this idea of her embodying the soul of Anakin, but still having parents be mm. no one, but this right. kind of um, reincarnation thing. Right. That'd be okay. I just don't want, like, wow. a clear lineage that I don't want. Like, I don't want her to be... Because then, because he gets to the point of then Luke, it's either Luke's kid or Leia's kid, and they're horrible parents at that point. Be, like, no matter yeah, yeah. how you try to explain it, they still, yeah, in some no way, way, abandon their kid on a junk planet. Right. Like, this you know, took care way. of the boy, but, yeah. like, gave yeah. away the girl. Like, it yeah. was, you know, yeah. So. Yeah, and we also know in the, I mean, in the early casting uh, um, posts for The Force Awakens, we know that J.J. Uh, put the role as Rey, uh, wrote down that she could be Obi-Wan's granddaughter or something like that. And the original yeah. casting mm-hmm. post was like, oh, we're looking for Obi-Wan's granddaughter, yeah. the, the Ray right. Kira character. And then that was kind of a thing. It was, like, But, you know, that could have been a cover-up for sure. kind of hiding Many what the character's things, real yeah. lineage is. Yeah. And then um, at the same time, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind either reincarnation route, Vader mm-hmm. or Obi-Wan. Because Obi-Wan yeah. even says to Vader, he's like, if you strike me down, I'll, 
return. I'll become mm-hmm. become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Yeah. It's like Ray. But I mean, we know what powerful. that means at this point. Yeah, right, right, you have right, Force right. ghosts. Why don't you have Force, force ghosts, possessions right. or Force? Right. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or just, All right. True. I'll buy into it because it's you guys and I like you. But, but, but I guess, honestly, but I feel I like, like reincarnation would be a really okay, okay. huge yes. addition to like I mean, yes, to the the whole mythology of of the Force in this this galaxy. Like already they did like. Filoni stretched it with time, yes, right, you know, right, with a right. time okay. plane, um, you know, which it was cool, but it was like, oh, you're opening some really dangerous doors. Keep it you in the cartoons. You don't think the, the Vader comics. reincarnation could be poetic in an interesting way? It's, like... It seems odd to introduce it now, but yeah. I mean, maybe they introduce it now mm. and then it, it happens in some other places and it does some cool things. I mean, I'm not I'm not a script writer. I'm, I'm just a guy that likes Star yeah, Wars movies right. and explosions. So, but if Anakin is the most powerful Jedi of all time, if anyone yeah. could do it, like you could do it, so it's not like a easy yeah. thing to do, and it's yeah. not a hard and fast rule. But right, uh, we're gonna sit here for another two hours so we can convince yeah. you this. Is no, 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 he, is, thing he does possible. have the largest quantity of midichlorians yes. of all time. So <laughs> he, he does. If anyone could do it, they would. Do I try. I mean, like Anakin. I tried thinking about all the routes that could go, and I feel like you guys are saying no to Skywalker, but I'm saying. If she is the other child of Han and Leia mm-hmm. in like just this complete roundabout, you know, However they, twist yeah. that's just mm-hmm. incredible. I mean, I think that works for me. I I like that idea because it's we know first of all, you know, it could be a wise character like Force Ghost Luke or Maz being like, you know, you never really like, in the vein of how Vader talks to Luke on the catwalk in Empire right. and under the stairs mm-hmm. in Return of the Jedi. It could be one of these wise characters being like, you never knew the the, the truth about why Ben fell to the dark side. You never knew the truth about why Han, Leia, yeah. and Luke drifted apart. Mm-hmm. And and this kind of big drop of, like, there was another, like, child. Instead yeah. of there was a sister. And that's what some, broke up. You yeah, that's that's something like that. Some Han. big thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe Ben, you know, was angry, first blamed his father, Han, because maybe, maybe the child was taken or killed because of some kind of nefarious dealings that Han was in. Something like that. And then, and then uh, you know, he would, the, the person could say, you know, Ben first blamed Han, but then he began to blame Luke because Luke had the, he thought Luke could would use his powers to find slash save the, yeah. the sister character, but he didn't. So, but he thought in history there's only one character who would have saved his sister, and that is you know maybe Ray finishes the line Vader. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and that's why he's trying to emulate Vader. That's why he's trying to be Vader because maybe he thinks Vader can affect change. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like that could be interesting. Right. That could be a good. Yeah. That could be a reveal. That would be interesting. The yeah. only, I just can't connect. There's that main gap between yeah. because like it's not like it's wartime. Like who would they be hiding Leia, uh, Ray from? Right. Also, yeah. like, also bloodlines and the Last Jedi destroy that theory. Like yeah. it just, I just don't think it's possible. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I would into... like it. I, I would. Yeah. I would be okay with yeah. it. Yeah. I'd be okay with it. Okay. Yeah. Or, or, or say be... if the Falcon crashes, sinks, burns, and then she doesn't want to leave the ship, and she's like, "This ship meant so much, to, you know, to Han." Who, search the galaxy for a hot you know chewy rips her out of the ship and is like get out of the ship it's gonna it's gonna die it's gonna just explode and then on the beach she's like you know this meant so much to han he was searching the galaxy for it and, and chewy could be like he wasn't searching the galaxy for that ship he was searching for like his heart or something like oh he was some kind of for his yeah for child. His, yeah. daughter he's something yeah. beautiful like that i think yeah. i would weep like it would be like yeah. there could be reveals that puts her mm. as the daughter of han and leia but i doubt it i, I bloodlines right. in the last jedi do too yeah. much to the storyline to make that possible that would be so great if Chewie delivered that, line. <laughs> that reveal yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, like a, it's a two minute just yeah, yeah. monologue <laughs> well pounds his heart even he's like yeah, he's yeah. like he searching oh for i would cry like heart. a little girl every time yeah, i, I see Chewie do anything i'm just like poor little boy like every time i see him i'm just like so heart wrenched yeah. and like to see him like all those like oh great buddy movements that are coming. 
Yeah. That would be so yeah. great. <laughs> it would be like this really like heavy reveal, but yeah. like hilarious and yeah. adorable at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Oh man, awesome. No, that's not gonna happen. Sorry. No, I'm sorry, but, everybody. Uh, like this has been now at least all of our listeners and us have gotten into the mind of Grant, and that's why I like talking about stars. Because <laughs> it's not good. Nothing it's not healthy. is not healthy. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. You're so apologizing in yeah. advance. Um, no, apologies necessary. Let it fly. All right, let's jump into our reflections. Segment. Before we do okay. that, sorry, yes, I, sorry to uh, hijack that. I do have one more note. Um, I just want to talk about uh, very important video game news. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. For the one Star Wars video game that's out right now. Um, so, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Yeah. We <laughs> just uh, got the much ballyhooed and awaited notification about uh, part two of the progression system update. So. Real quick, Star Wars Battlefront 2, uh, pay to win, everyone revolted, the uh, Rebels won, and EA relented and uh, took away the pay to win aspect and loot crates and actually using real money in this game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, hurrah, we can't congratulate the people that boycotted that sale enough because they spoke with their wallets and that's the only uh, language that, you know, this capitalist society understands. Um, so anyways, uh, we won and now we're enjoying the fruits of the labor. Uh, last month they unrolled the first half of the update and, um, you were able to, um, all the loot crates were gone and they, you could see the new progression update, which is actually, it's very easy to progress your nice. characters, um, and, uh, and your heroes, the, uh, your starfighters take a lot longer. They're working on that. Um, but it's a really cool system. It's now actually, um, you do get a sense of pride and accomplishment when you, to the uh, quote um, EA, um, and and it's and it's pretty cool. So, nice. but the second half of that is customization. Um, we just got notification of that today. Today's Friday, whatever the twelfth or something, thirteenth, uh, um, and yeah. So uh, they are uh, in addition to the customization. So there's going to be forty new characters that you can be. So you can actually there's four classes, and mm. your classes are going to have different uh, customizations. You can be as a Brack, you can be a Quarren, um, you can be a Duros officer. Um, there's a little question about gender. Like all of the Rebel uh, specialist class are female right now, and mm. you can imagine um, there are some unhappy boys that have to play as girls. Um, so for fend. right, exactly. Yeah. Um, but they did sort of, you know, after Battlefront 15, Battlefront 1 um, under EA was very cool in that you could really pick your character, make it look like you, yeah. um, even if you're a 60-year-old Asian man. Um, you know, they had someone that looked roughly like, you know, you. And uh, that was cool to sort of throw yourself in the game. Nice. And so I hope that they eventually bring that back. Um, but so now you you can pay for um, aesthetics, but you can always – you can also – pay using credits that you accumulate online and the way because they've done this by releasing it in two sections um is that everyone's been acquiring tons and tons of credits because they've had nothing to spend it on nice. so i'm at a uh, hundred and thirty thousand credits right now and hopefully these customizations will be around you know 20 to fifty thousand a piece or something like that i think the last time i played it was during the Battle of Crate DLC, um, yes. during the release yeah. of that, and uh, they were doing the season, which was like First Order versus yep. Resistance, and I guess they were tallying kind of victories mm-hmm. of the people who chose either side, and yes. it came to like this conclusion that the First Order won, I guess, that first season. Right. But uh, are they still doing the seasons? Like, so glad season? you asked. Okay. Um, so <laughs> they, they talked about that as well. So um, there, there's been a lot of nothing from them, but yeah. this progression system has deadlocked them for months right. since, since that sure. Crate release. Um 
Is there so, is there anything after crate? Am I missing any no, multiplayer maps? You haven't. Okay. Uh, you have missed nothing. They've added uh, weather changes, so you can play during the day on Endor and uh, during the night and Kashyyyk, um, which is actually pretty cool. Yeah. And it's nice to change it up because yeah. I mean, one game of Kachiro Beach and Kashyyyk could be, or one match could be. 15 to 20 minutes and mm-hmm. you do them back to back. So you're like separatist side and then you're, you know, um, Republic side. So, you know, you could literally be on Kachiro beach mm. for like 45 minutes to an hour and it's, wow. it's a grind. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so it's nice if it's, if suddenly it's nighttime, it's like, that's enough to make it cool. But so what they have announced is that, um, it's starting, it, there's going to be rollouts monthly mm. and, um, season two is what they're calling it. Um, is going to come out next month. Um, the, the populace that I'm seeing on Reddit and on various forums is all clamoring for Clone Wars, um, which is so funny because everyone loves prequel con- content, especially for video games, because it looks the coolest yeah. and it has the coolest world because Lucas, um, in my my humble opinion. And uh, but every I mean, conventional wisdom says it's going to be a solo season, probably. Um, and they'll right, do something. Right. They'll do something with the launch because of the film. Yeah, it's yeah. just sort of it just makes sense. It's going to be May Why and it'll be yeah. there. Um, there'll be some more customization. We'll do that train map. Like we see the train. Oh, that, that would be so be cool. Yeah. And so they're doing other really cool things. One other thing that's coming out with the April. It's coming out April 18th is mm-hmm. the um, the new update there. Um, and uh, one cool thing they're doing is they're called they're calling it Night on Endor. Mm. And the game you you uh, you start off as either stormtroopers or uh, uh, Ewoks. <laughs> This is a new game mode. This is a new game oh, mode right. that's going to launch so in eighteen, in. and um, and you try and it's a survival like Fortnite style. Oh, uh, it's a battle royale. Royal. So, that's so awesome. the way it goes is if you if you're a stormtrooper and you're killed by an Ewok, you respawn as an Ewok. And they the way they wrote it, which is kind of funny, is that like you play until there's no more stormtroopers, and then there's a big uh, Ewok celebration. <laughs> and it's hilarious. like so it's a story about the you know the stormtroopers trying to survive the night on Endor. That's really cool. Um, oh, I love it. So it was pretty cool because this is you know how the, big is the map? Uh, obviously, okay. no, no one idea. Knows but I mean the the Endor map, the current Endor map is monstrous. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's actually at a it takes place at a. Um, is it? It's not the um, imperial base, but it's a imperial base, and okay. it's massive. It's got like hangars for um, for ATATs, mm. um, and then this massive complex that I don't believe is the complex that they raid. I think it's too big for that. Yeah. Um, but then they also have they do have the original um, base from the Battlefront twenty fifteen. That was a gorgeous map, and if they brought that back, I don't think anyone could complain about that. They did. Uh, oh, they bring, they brought back the Bespin map, the Bespin um, from twenty fifteen map. Oh, nice. Um, nice. That's exclusively for Blast and for Heroes vs. Villains game oh, modes. Cool. Okay. Um, so, anyways, if you like video games, it's super fun. It can be hard, but if you you know because it's multiplayer, but they do have arcade modes if you yeah. don't want to play against you know the elite. Um, that's what I did out there. I just played arcade and yeah and a lot of people yeah. Just yeah. doing everything and they're expanding <laughs> that you currently I, honestly the coolest game mode like one of the coolest things about this is Criterion was was hired to do the Starfighter and uh, I don't do it often but when I play it it is so fun I mm. mean like you're just you're flying around all these massive ships and it's like these the space battles and um, through asteroid fields and objectives and uh the, it really feels like you're you're piloting a starfighter or an x-wing or an a-wing and 
Um, they have hero ships, so you can get in Darth Maul's scimitar and cloak and blow people up and, you know, uh, I'm in for stuff. that. I yeah. love those X-Wing, the old yeah. X-Wing video games for, like, Mac way yes. back when. Yeah. Not trying to give away my age, but I remember playing that in high school like <laughs> yeah. crazy, so yeah. I gotta Rogue, get back The into Rogue that. Squadron games oh, yeah. on, like, on the, like whatever, it, uh, GameCube, I GameCube, think. Yeah. Yeah. People yeah. all loved those, um, and I, yeah, I, I still own that. It's in my closet somewhere. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, super fun. So, the game is fun. Um, they, to EA's credit, and um, they, they did... You know they're not charging us for anything anymore. So sorry to hijack the conversation no. there, but um, no, great. it's good. good to, that's what's that's what's up with the one game. It kind of makes me want to check it out again. So yeah, you should jump in, nice man. Let's to, play. Uh, talk about Next it. month, I'm yeah. I'm all in. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna jump into reflections. Let's do it. So can I just describe this real quick? I know I've been running my app for a while, but I wanted to just set this up. So one of the things we wanted to do, um, it may sound like we've known each other for forever, but Adam Grant and I have are still, I mean, Grant and I have worked together for about a year here and there, but we're both freelancers and Adam and I have known each other for several years, but we've only sort of, you know, uh, talked star Wars at parties until our significant others have pulled us back into, you know, normalcy. (laughs) Um, so this is fantastic. And, um, so we're just getting to know each other and, um, we're also learning a lot of new stuff about Star Wars, new Star Wars universe and all this new Disney stuff. So we thought it would be cool to take a look back and do a little segment called uh, New Perspectives or something similar and um, and and watch watch the old movies and talk about them in the from the perspective of what we know now um, with all the new content that's been yeah. delivered. So we're starting right from the beginning from episode one. Um, and, uh, so we watched the Phantom Menace the past week and we're just going to chat about it now and, and talk about what our, our references are now. Did I miss anything, Grant? Sorry. No, no, you nailed it. Cause I think, um, we really wanted to get into this because uh, I mean, for the past, I guess, you know, years since the films came out, there's been a lot of negative thoughts, yeah. uh, shared mm-hmm. about the films, but there's really a lot of positive and interesting yeah. moments in these Absolutely. films. And I think to, to look back on these films and the new lens of kind of, uh, forgiving you know a forgiving lens where you can think about these films and what they do well is something we wanted to do so mm-hmm. so we're here just to really talk about what these films do well and what we loved about the films because there is so much that doesn't get talked about and uh these sections are going to be really f- yeah. these segments are going to be really fun for that reason yeah. i think so too and yeah that that's something not to undersell also and adam you you said a quote actually off off air as it were afterwards mm-hmm. that really stuck with me it was just sort of like when when you run into Star Wars haters or people that like don't like a movie and you said, you know, I'm not going to try and convince you to love what you hate, yeah. but please don't ask me to hate what I love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think this podcast in general, we're going to just be positive about these movies because yeah. it makes us happy and we're going to focus on that. We will be critical and, you know, we can, sure. you know, talk about it, but constructively right. by yeah. every sense of the word. And But there's nothing that they've done that's offended me. No. Or yeah, it cost me to do a, a, you know, tirade on the yeah. Internet. But to be, to, we could sit here for an hour and rip this movie apart. Sure, but we, we really also wouldn't could. say anything it's that so hasn't been that. said before that we haven't all read. Exactly. And yeah, there's some tr- there's truth in a lot of those things. But there's anyone who could sit down in this movie and yeah. say it's garbage from beginning to end is lying to themselves. There are some great things in these movies. Yes, it's fantastic. Yeah, who wants to start it off? You want you want to start it off, Adam? Uh, sure. So I talked a little bit about this. I've seen this movie dozens upon dozens of times because I'm a weirdo. And uh but I've gotten to the point where I watch it now, I don't really watch it. Like I just I know. I'm like I'm waiting for like this scene and yeah. I'm waiting for that scene. I'm waiting for the pod race. I'm waiting for the dark mall scene. And so this was really great to actually sit down and and actively watch this movie and, and reflect on it. And you know, I I have a lot of things about here that like 
used to bother me and don't anymore. And like the fact that it's about taxation and trade routes, it doesn't bother me. It no. used to bother me. I'm but fascinated. I'm it, learning actually. It's really interesting. <laughs> like it's the process nerd to me that loves learning yeah. more about how the galaxy works, but also that it just does such a good job of setting up um that is a stagnant universe yeah. or stagnant right. galaxy and that that things yeah. are ripe for change. And so I thought that was actually interesting. Um yeah, I could go to a lot. Um you know, I have a lot of minutiae here that I don't want to hit on, but uh you know, I just watching how much um, Qui Gon um, is the Obi Wan we know when we meet him for the first time in, in A New mm. Hope, and I think that's interesting because Obi Wan is not Obi Wan to me in that film, and not in a bad way. It's, he's right. he's a he's kid young. and he's learning, yeah. And I just love how much you see his influence, Qui Gon's influence throughout like the rest of the films. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just a couple observations. I'll jump in a lot more. I don't want to monopolize yeah. time, but what do you guys take? Do you want to almost talk about it chronologically? Is that a sure. that way to do a it? Good idea. Yeah, that's how yeah, my notes to go, sort of so. go through it because yeah. I made notes on it sort of as I went through yeah. it. Um, yeah, I mean, just to, to jump on that, I, I, I really felt Qui-Gon in a lot different way this time than it before. Um, like I said, like the first two characters are two non-Skywalkers, right? Mm-hmm. But Qui-Gon is such a badass. Yeah, yeah. He's he really such is. a badass. And he is so different from from Obi-Wan Kenobi. And you're seeing the beginning yeah. of his, like, he's a pretty conservative dude. He's very pure. He was raised, you know, by the book, by yep. Yoda, by the, you know... Um, Jedi Knights at the peak of their power and um, but this is you know Qui-Gon does what he feels is right and the force tells him very different things yeah yeah yeah, and I like how the force is just tangible at the beginning of that film. Yeah. Oh, where yeah. they're openly discussing the force in the yes. first, you know, minutes of that film. Yeah. Yeah. And then when the pilot dies, when the Trade Federation, you know, blows up that ship, mm-hmm. they just lurch out of their chairs yeah. and ignite their sabers in just a, yep. a, a moment of force, you know, force sensitivity. I was yeah. like, that you don't see that in other no. films so much. And it's something I love about Jedi that they can kind of and this happens a lot in the prequels actually, where, you know, uh Padme's in her uh, apartment in on Coruscant and yeah. that, that slugs released to, right. to yeah. poison her or yeah. kill her yeah. or whatever. But it's like almost and a they both sense them. it and yeah. they just again yep. with the lightsabers just force yes. sensitivity jump up and go deal with it. Yeah. And it's it's it just you understand the force isn't making this happen right. and it's kind of right. I really love those moments. Right. I really love that Whereas that in device the device was used. Right. In the sequel uh, trilogy it's barren and it's like a forceless mm-hmm. like you know mm-hmm. world like in the in the prequels it's it's yeah, everywhere. It's and everywhere. they're into yeah. it and it's pervasive and yeah. Yeah. It's my first note is I just love that they start they starts out with them talking about the force. Like, yeah. I just oh, I love that so much. Yeah. That's right. so great. And, and Qui-Gon contradicting Yoda. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very yeah. interesting. Cause it shows that kind of duality of, a of, of belief of, or in yeah. doctrine. Yeah. This is, that was the first thing where I was just sort of like, Oh, this is what Lucas is. And it, I mean, I, I had been sort of critical of, of Lucas mm-hmm. and, and in these things, sure. but mostly from what I've heard and not really from my own thing. And, when I like I've said it before, when I first saw this movie, I loved it, and it didn't occur to me to even criticize it until I started reading things online. But so I tried to just put on the blinders again this time and just watch the movie and enjoy it. And yeah. Lucas is an incredible world builder, and yes. he was. This is such a different trilogy than the original trilogy in so many fantastic ways. Like he did, he built the world himself, but he does all this random like character development. Yeah. Like just sort of like randomly he'll flash to a different character doing something that tells something about their body. Like, mm-hmm. um, like I know I'm jumping ahead, but, um, job of the hut flicking <laughs> yes. a creature off the balcony. Just like, Oh, and by the way, that guy's a bad guy. Like yes. there's no reason yeah, yeah, yeah. to really do it except he's in the crowd watching the pod race yeah. and the pod race is 13 minutes long. But, um, Should've but just 20. sort of great. Honestly, it, they're on Tatooine for 
45 minutes, around yeah. 45 minutes in yeah. the film. And it, wow. I, structurally, I thought that was kind of interesting. And yes. I looked at the other, you know, I looked at TFA and I looked at uh, A New Hope and I looked at the, kind of how long they sit yeah. on a plane. Those films really get into, they're in transit quite early yes. in those films. Yes. Whereas yeah. Phantom Menace, I mean, it, it sits on Tatooine for well, that's 45 so funny. Yeah. It's funny because prior to that, I wrote, prior to getting Tatooine, I am like, wow, this movie moves. I forgot how fast this movie yeah. is. And then it hits Tatooine and I'm like, oh, that's right. Like it, yeah. <laughs> and, and I love Tatooine, but yeah, it, love it. it does slow down. It definitely yeah. slows down and takes a long time because. But it is fascinating how long we go, kind of building off what you said, yeah. Ben. How long we go before we actually meet a Skywalker, right? right. And, and yeah. it's so long, and I think it's good because we kind of get this mm-hmm. feeling about the world's like without a Skywalker. Yeah, right. I also noticed uh, this time Naboo is one of the first planets where we have a multi-environment planet. You know, it's like oh, usually right, just yeah. like, oh, it's just yeah. a sand planet yeah. or a mineral planet or whatever. But it's sort of like, oh, no, it's on this hemisphere, you know, in, in the water. It's got this and it's lush and all that. But um, you start out in the ocean and then yeah. you end up in this opulent um, temple sort of right. thing, which is sort of unique. And like that's a Lucas touch. I think he's just sort of, you know, he, he's an excellent world builder. Also, there's an android Neomodian. Nimodian. Yeah, the pilot. Yeah, cyborg yeah. The side, yeah, she runs like all the stuff, and I, I've seen yeah. obviously They've seen got to her. the ventilation chap. Yeah. Yes, yeah. 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 exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like kind of, but she's like a precursor to Lobot. Yeah, totally. In, a, in yeah, an yeah. alien race, and um, yeah, pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Jenny, uh, my wife, made it a comment. She's like, with the CG, she's like, it looks like it's they stopped one step before finishing the cg which is yeah. still a compliment yeah, because they it, created it's... cg like they you know invented this technology yep. but she's yep. like it's just missing missing the textures and some like artificial yep. light and yep. like other than that it's yeah. pretty pretty it's... Impressive. J- jar jar looks great in a wide not so much no. in close. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah great in a wide though he looks incredible in a wide i have to yeah. say like yeah kudos to the, yeah. the, oh. the vfx team and the, the it's gonna kill it the time that they did that driving um, metal ground like, shut the window here folks Sorry, and yeah. um I, uh, one thing i noticed quite early on in the movie was you know how padme utilizes her handmaids and, and yeah mm. and she, i think not only is they shoveling it's 65 <laughs> degrees out right now there's no snow anywhere just someone's just dragging a yeah. metal just post. dragging a shovel down the, right. down the street um anyway I, I thought it was kind of you know he's a great he's great at world building but he's just he's also just a great character writer uh in terms of uh showing these kind of shadow characters like qui-gon is the ultimate wisdom and jar jar is the ultimate fool and there's kind of they, they yeah. kind of they kind of uh, uh balance each other out and then you also have what i never think about is that amidala is almost this balance balancing character for mm. palpatine yeah and that she mm. oh, and palpatine are almost the same Opposite in terms numbers. of yeah and the same in terms of like you know how they operate which is and their function which is they're deceptive yeah. They're transparent leaders and they're deceptive, but mm. just in different ways. Mm. And, uh, you know, Padme is deceptive by using her handmaids and always kind yeah. of uh, using these these doubles and, uh, you know, hiding her true identity yeah. and, and going on these ground missions and things like That's that. Interesting. And uh, then she comes out as transparent leader, which is in the, you know, the halls of the Senate and whatnot. Yes. And then you have almost the inverse with Palpatine where he's, he's feigning this transparent leader, but right. then when he's, uh, you know... You, Behind, you know, behind closed doors, he's he's sidious and he's this kind of manipulating, deceptive yeah. force. And it was just like I was like, wow, they really level each other out in a way that I never think no, thought about. I, and I'm like, George fantastic. is incredible at a writing this kind of observation, exploring these dualities. Yeah, he kind of is. He's so it's so great. 
it, you're right and like he's he does all this world building and he's so meticulous and then he sort of gets to directing and he's like yep that was good yeah. <laughs> goes yeah. on to the next yeah. scene you know yeah. it's like sort of like well no the script is written and you said the thing and you've set up yeah. the stuff and so we're good we're he's gonna no david the fincher where he's doing like the 53 <laughs> right. takes and yeah. making no, sure that he no, gets no. some kind of naturalism yeah. out of but his so, actors. but I, it still was pretty great yeah so. and so i have a quick question and this is this is probably gonna happen naturally just because watching this film i reflect back on what i was like the first time i watched mm. it and and thinking back to it, there were certain things that were spoiled for me prior to the film coming out. And that was the Amidala um, reveal that she's uh, not actually her. Actually, Pepsi ruined it for me. Oh, do you remember oh, the wow. collector cans that you could get? I do, sure. I do. Yeah, they had a nice little spoiler about Padme's actually oh, Queen of Amidala in disguise on the can that came oh, out like a can. month before. So thanks, Pepsi. So now you can't drink Pepsi. Exactly. Target. Boycott. Pepsi, Target. The list is getting long. Um, do you, when you watched it the first time, was that a surprise for you guys? Do you remember? I just remember being uninterested. By it. <laughs> Fair I enough. was just like, okay, <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, she, as enough. long as we get her in the main story, that's yeah, fine. Right. And, and if she can be in these key moments, that's great. I felt it coming, and I was like, yeah. I'm like, you can't pull a fast one on me, but I'm like super dumb. So <laughs> that like felt like that was like felt validating yeah. to me. I was yeah. like, I knew I it. it. I knew it. You're, I'm you so smart. It. I'm so smart. <laughs> smart. 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 I didn't know it was right. Kira Knightley who was uh, posing. Yeah. As, uh, yeah. Uh, Queen Amidala yeah. for the longest time. I was like, wow, really? And I had to look back. And Sophia Coppola is one of Coppola and Rose Byrne is wow. maybe not in this one, but it might wow. be in okay. the next one. So there's a lot Very of like a lot of like really people got really big after the films kind of wandering oh, wow. around the background. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, funny. Man, I just forgot. Um, so I mean, chronologically, I, mm-hmm. I I those are kind of my first notes were really about Amidala and Palpatine. And yeah. um, do you guys have anything about maybe early when we first uh, uh, are introduced to Pel- Amidala or Palpatine or, or Darth Maul I, for that? Well, Jar Jar stuck okay, out to Jar-Jar. me because. It occurred to me that he is completely at the will of the Force. And the Force is not good to Jar Jar. <laughs> you oh, know, like, yeah. like he's, like he is, you know, in, in this galaxy, everyone, if, you know, they follow the will of the Force. And you can see, you know, this is why Qui-Gon's so steadfast. Is yeah. He's just like, nope, you know, I, I, I follow the will of the Force and it's yeah. telling me things the that are against what's down. going on, but I'm doing it. But Jar Jar is an idiot, but he, I think he's... He's the ultimate tool of the force. Like, you know, in the battles and everything, he everything he does is a really huge yep. motivator in the story. But it's just, you know, knowing what happens to poor Jar Jar if you read the Aftermath right. series. Yeah. Um, you know, it's he is this foil and he does all the wrong moves and it's he's the, you know, he's the idiot that allows, you know, the United States to invade Iraq like with no weapons of mass destruction. Like he's sort of like the Colin yeah. Powell. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. and and he you know to ultimately do it and he yeah the poor guy yeah it's, a, it's sort of like i don't know agnosticism if i am pretty sure that's what that was it's like yes there is a god and it's not a good one but it's the yeah. only time where it's like you know the force is usually pretty good to people if you follow you know it, it gives and takes but yeah. it does a lot more taking no, of jar the force jar uses jar jar yeah <laughs> like, really hardly really like, harshly very hard yeah. using of jar jar um and so uh speaking so we're, we're talking about jar jar um yeah i wrote when I, I told you guys before I wrote my note, like the first thing I wrote is like positive exclamation point yeah, underlined right. and bolded yeah, everything yeah. to yeah. keep myself positive. And I, and I just had like a quick, uh, let's do a quick round of say something positive about Jar Jar. Go. <laughs> positive about Jar Jar. <laughs> he's funny. Sometimes. He's, yes. Yeah. He's, he's got some he's funny, funny lines. looking. Yeah. And, um, he, he gives it love. He gives the story levity. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, yeah, like he he's he's dumb, and it, it's weird because they trash on him the whole movie. Like Qui Gon yes. does not like him, and he's yeah. like, "Get away from me, you're annoying." But he's like, "No, I think the Force is telling me something. Let's keep this clown along around for what's going on." And uh, but he does the thing that he does, and he makes funny faces, and he's goofy, right. and he's like sort of this adorable yeah. creature, and like, hey, an alien. Like, yep, it's there's too it's many nice humans in a lot of these movies, right. and, and I, a lot of the characters from Naboo are very stern stoic serious yeah like panaka yeah. and amidala yeah. right. that that jar jar kind of balances that out in yeah. another way and it's kind of it's kind of nice they need, they need him and that, yeah. you know george would always say like i didn't respond to people's thoughts he 100 percent did with jar jar like you could just see jar jar's interactions in the film mm. falling off yeah and like he has like one line in the third one but right I, you know i thinking back to like why he made that decision and i think he knew Jar Jar was annoying. Like, yeah. like you said, they look at all the characters. Out of society. The Gungans yes. kicked him out of and society. Yeah. I like... watched, when I was watching it this time, instead of watching Jar Jar, because that's what you have to do, right? It's just this, it's a CGI big character. I, right. every time he yeah. was, he was talking, I was literally watching the other characters right. yeah, I did and yeah. they hate him and they're being directed to hate him. Right. right. And yeah. so I think at the end of the day, Lucas was like, I'm making a kid's film. It's PG. It's yeah. very bright. It's very shiny. And kids do love Jar Jar, but kids did not watch that movie. Right, it's yeah. the old Star Wars fans, and I think what happened is he was like, "Oh no, yeah. adults watch this film, and adults don't like Jar Jar, nor should they like Jar Jar. They're right. not for but Jar Jar's not he's for adults. He's a foil. You're not yeah. supposed to like him. Yeah. He's sort of, I mean, that's that's his lot. Yeah, and you're right. Like his his role does change over the course of the movies. Yeah, but because um, I think he realized the audience was not yeah. who he thought the audience was going to be for those yeah. films. I no. thought he was. He I think he thought he was introducing Star Wars to a new generation, and he was really just writing it for our generation right i think right. i think yeah lucas really has a really like the toughest mantle because because of the target demographic yeah. is like literally age eight to age a million like till yeah. death and movies don't do that they pick a you know demo and they they focus on them but you know star wars is this popular because it speaks you know to children to adults mm-hmm. um at the same time and that's that's a very very hard thing to do yeah, yeah. and i hate to reference hit, uh, kurosawa's hidden fortress again but uh you I know, know i can't help why, why, why? Luke, lucas does yeah. i know yeah. I, well, he tries to say that he, it really wasn't that influential uh-huh. but it totally was i mean come on now george <laughs> but uh you know that those films start with two fools at the center of the right. story mm-hmm. and right. we kind of see that uh Copied, copied exactly with C-3PO and R2-D2, but sure. they're not fools, really. They're hyper-intelligent droids. <laughs> so Jar Jar actually it, it embodies legit. those kind of foolish, yeah. you know, deserters uh, more more so than C-3PO and R2 mm. did. Yeah. And so you can look at it and really s- pull out the kind of influence from Japanese cinema in, yeah. in Jar Jar's character, which is I, I'm really trying to pull everything together to see Jar Jar in a positive light, <laughs> yeah. and I think that's yeah. something you can really, you really can pull on and say, "Hey, that's really cool." He really does feel like a kind of farmer, you yeah. know, in feudal Japan, leading them to a hidden fortress, you mm-hmm. know, something a hidden yeah. city, whatever. It's kind of cool. Like you, yeah. you kind of see that connection. It is kind of cool. Yeah. So Jar Jar's cool. Jar Jar's fine. I like clearly, Jar-Jar. like in the storytelling, was absolutely essential to what to what George yeah, is right. doing. Not just in the first movie, but in in later movies also. I'm fine with him in the Phantom Menace, and I'm, I'm I love how he's treated in the other two movies. I don't think he would have worked. Yeah. In in in. Well, who's, who's to say? Maybe Lucas is being honest and be like, listen, we just needed him in this first, you know, yeah. to m- propel the story in the first act. And then in the other ones, he sort of falls yeah. off. And So I, yeah. I have stuff to talk about after Tatooine, but do you guys have anything to talk about on the 45 minutes that we're on Tatooine? And... 
Yeah. What happens? A lot there? of guys in spacesuits. Yes, a lot. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I saw that this time. Suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just like everyone from the cantina scene, and like the first one is now just wandering around. Like yeah, but like a lot of Atmo suits. Like, yes, a lot yeah. of people. Like there's a guy with a huge skull, which right. is cool. I mean, yeah. I saw him before. No, but even super cool. yeah. yeah, it's like this really sort of retro. I just love the world building. It's so it's such a beautiful movie yes. in a lot of ways. Like it's so elegant, so opulent. Like yeah. the Naboo cruisers, all of Naboo, but even in the pilot Tatooine. they get the pilot for the Naboo cruiser felt like a kind of seventies character that was yes. would be in the yeah. OT, yeah, where yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. "You catch on quick, kid," and just has like yeah. weird yeah. hair. It doesn't feel <laughs> yeah. like just doesn't feel Did like, you see like forced. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. feel yeah. forced. He feels like this yeah. kind of like seventies yeah. relic. The, no, really the cool. Naboo really flight suits. Did you check these things out? Yeah. So like leather helmet. And they're like oh, yeah. huge, wide lapel yeah. orange trench coats, yeah, yeah. robes. Yes. I really like that. And they like and they look so comfortable, but it's like they wear snuggies when they, they fly do. these yeah. like <laughs> dope fighters. Yeah, they're really and, bright too. I don't know yeah. how that's tactical, but whatever. Whatever. Let's see. In terms of uh, in terms of Tatooine, um, I like Watto. I like Watto a lot. Okay. I love Watto. Oh, Watto is a great I, character. I, yeah. I know he can sometimes be problematic, but I I love that character. And he's for a CGI character works for me where i don't see the seams as much as i see with jar jar and especially in later like especially in the second movie like Watto's amazing yeah. but i just think i like him a lot i don't know why yes i i also agree with you he was a fantastic character he did all the right things and yeah. another alien introduced i thought he was a great design yeah. and um and everyone knows a guy like Watto. yeah and it also make it makes anakin or jake lloyd talk in an alien language yes. and jake lloyd's best acting is when he's talking in an alien right. language right. i awesome. never noticed that yes that was really cool. that's yeah because there was like he would do two things they would do this like hyper like yeah. like uh mature voice yeah, every yeah, once yeah. in a while which is a little wincy and then yeah um and then he sort of had sort of this flat dialogue thing yeah. but you're right when he was like you know yeah that, like he's just yeah. he actually like i think because yeah. he knew because yeah. george probably would say like here are the words right. but here are the meanings behind behind yeah. the word and he would just do it he would and just it was, do and it. it just felt real that was cool so i had something to bring up um with you guys and it, i meant to say this earlier when we were talking about it when we were talking about um how padme hides herself right mm-hmm. When do you think that Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan realized that she, uh, Padme, is Queen Amidala? I think Qui-Gon knows right away. Obi-Wan, I I don't know. But I know Qui-Gon knows right away. When he's just like, well, the queen's not here, is she? Yeah, (laughs) It's all subversive, yeah. Yeah. Wink. Yeah, It was another thing Jenny brought up, too, last night. And I was like, I don't know. I'm like, well, Uh, they give each other a knowing look sort of when she announces it, but... I'm like, oh yeah. So I thought like the whole time was just like. And back onto Jar Jar, I think yeah. I think Qui Gon knows that Jar Jar is important, and the Force is I throwing the agree. throwing this character yeah. at them in a, yeah. for yeah. a reason. You know, I think that's also something. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, I noticed uh, Warwick Davis for some reason in uh, it was in, in Watto's the... box. Yeah, um, oh, watching wow. watching the Padres. Yeah. Oh right. And um, a really cool alien there with like the long neck and yeah. like the chin yeah, trails yeah, yeah, that yeah, were yeah. waggling back and forth. That's there was hilarious. some good stuff yeah. there. The um, Padres itself is. Glorious. Oh, I think yeah. we can all it's, say it's yeah. still it's just, one of the most it's amazing, amazing yeah. races. It, in any it's movie. such a bold Never, move and such really. a Lucas thing. Like he's like, no, I want to have a dope race in the middle. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and it was the whole movie hinges on that race. It it's really, so yeah. cool. And it's so good. I think they added the extra lap in for the video release. Like it's longer than it was in the theater oh, release. Oh, like when they did more. it on DVD, and it's now that's we think of it like what do you say? Yeah. Ben, it's seventeen minutes long. No, it's thirteen minutes. Thirteen long. minutes long. I think it used to be like yeah. nine minutes, but they added like the oh. they taped because everyone loves that pottery scene. It could the go sound on for is incredible. The oh, also so oh yeah, the sound the, design is so great. That was the other thing too. I watched a, a mystery science theater episode called Space Crash. <laughs> yes. I don't know if you've seen this, and I was just like, oh my god, like how close was Star Wars to becoming Space Crash? Uh-huh. Yeah. 
and um or star crash i think is what it's called Something like, like it's that that yeah, much of a yeah, knockoff yeah. and i was like uh and the the answer I keep coming back to is the sound design yep. and the score. Yep, right. Ben Burt, John Williams. Yes, yeah, one hundred percent. They're the two of the reasons. Even at a young age, before I knew what you know sound design uh, or score was, like mm-hmm. I just I just loved it. And I love the music and I love the score. And um, they're just it's just a clinic and it's so yeah. cool. Yeah. All the sounds like there's like a hundred sounds they use for the Naboo cruiser when it lands. Oh, it so sounds good. so great. Yeah. It's like a screeching plane and mm-hmm. then there's this like shuffling sound and like they just That's so they cool. make it so lush and seamless and um yeah great. But then like listening to all those like I saw pods um in this pod race that I'd never seen before. It was one of the like winners that I think the um the Malisterian guy. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then he has these like they're like star. I think that's my favorite. Yeah, I think that's my favorite pod cool. race. Yeah. Racer. Racer yeah. Racers I and Malisterian. So. Like I he really was like that one. Yeah. You could tell he was or uh, this time I could tell he was sort of the the um prime competition for Sebulba. Right. Right. And like right. they you know, they were looking at each other like yeah. it's on. Um and and then you know they got dark horsed by yeah. poor yeah. Ben Quadraneros. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Ben Quadraneros. Yeah, so great. I just yeah, I mean it's I mean it's Lucas and, and Lucas is very detail oriented. So I'm sure like he's had that whole thing storyboard. And he uh, knew where every single everything. pod racer was at every moment. And yeah, yeah. we know he loves racing. And, yes, and, yeah, yeah, automobiles and cars. And um, sticking on on Tatooine since we had to stick on Tatooine for so long. Yeah. Uh, what do we? How do we feel about the fact that Anakin creates C three PO? You know, not like my it? fave. Not your fave. There's a it's a little like the whole Star Wars rhymes it's, thing. It's under my skin normal. a little bit. I want to hate it, and I don't. I po love not it. Poetry. I mean, was that weird? I no, love, I, I, I was glad. I want to hate it so much, yeah. and I love it so much. I just <laughs> oh, love. I do, and it annoys me that I love it. But I just love that every time I get a little chill now in in the movies when he says "thank the maker," I'm like, he's talking he's about Darth Vader. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a little bit. Of, there's some narrative dissonance though, because sure. I mean, Vader really never identifies no, C-3PO. No. Though I'm yeah. sure there's plenty of times where C-3PO's on like security feeds and all types of things. Right. You know, yeah. and he can. But you never saw them without coverings. Yeah. Comic guy here. There's an oh, amazing true. comic where it takes place during Empire Strikes Back. And I think I've seen the cover of that comic. Vader's, yes, Vader's, Vader's on Bespin. Yeah. That's a and it's him reflecting back scenes through 3PO uh, and reflecting back to his childhood and where he came from. And it's just right. this amazing, it's just such a cool little moment. Because they're there at the same time and yeah. he sees the destroyed right. droid and yeah. he's just like, how did That's you get powerful. here? Yeah, yeah that, that image is obviously very Shakespearean yeah. Yeah. and yeah. awesome. Yeah. All right. Wow, Any more, anything cool. else on Tatooine? Oh yeah, don't. Okay, go for <laughs> it. Hold on. Sorry, there's a lot. I mean, we're 45 <laughs> yeah. minutes, 47 minutes. We're there. Yeah, yeah. We we're only an hour and 13 minutes into this podcast, so. <laughs> um, yeah. No. Uh, so there was another thing. So people didn't. I ran into someone that didn't like the milk scene. I, a guy I was working with, he was like, "Well, I, I left uh, the Last Jedi after, oh, okay, after the Jedi. milk scene," and I was like, "What?" <sighs> but uh, there was a, but like George Lucas, like. He had a fart scene in the in the in the pod race. Sure Remember, did. like yeah. you know, it was oh, just yeah. like an animal so farts and like yeah. you know. And there was this is what I was talking about earlier, where there's all these like little incidental character development like vignettes that happen yeah. throughout the movie. Like yeah. Lucas is just like, oh, and then that happens. Like, well, we gotta have the fart scene right. and have like <laughs> yeah. you know, like I don't know, was it getting too tense and he had to have that moment? But yeah. when I watch it, like I'm like, oh, that's just silly. But it, it's funny and it's like yeah. dumb and it's Jar Jar being like smelling farts and like, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, looking back at like nineteen year old Adam, I guarantee you, I laughed at that in the theater. Yeah, I guarantee you, yeah, that's I a highlight. Chuckled. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah the farts. But I'm like, you know, so when you look at that, 
Right. One of the things I really like about Ryan Johnson is like, not like, I mean, it's always nothing's accidental, but he's very intentional. And it's almost like everything he does is a note that reflects back to some other very Star Wars thing. Um, So that's, that was one sort of parallel (laughs) I saw. Um, Oh, and then actually when, when they're leaving, Mm -hmm. um, when they're leaving Tatooine. Amazing scene. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. so like the sword pounding yeah. right before that happens, yeah. um, Anakin goes, "Come on, R two," and they leave. And like, they, there's like they're not on screen. You don't see them bonding, but like already, yeah. he loves droids, right. and he's yes. already like R two. Yeah. You're my boy. Yeah, right. and uh, I just I was like I never caught that before, and I, I just yeah. thought that was really cool character oh, development cool. for Anakin. Yeah, and um, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And then I mean, if, as you watch yeah. the Clone Wars, so yeah. I guess our next like. 600 episodes will be like breaking down Clone Wars episodes <laughs> or maybe we'll just skip that I, I need to revisit I am, Wars. I'm planning on doing a rewatch <laughs> yeah. during uh, when I'm on my elliptical that's my next thing so I'm going yeah. through all the old Clone Wars yeah yeah, um, they're fantastic I've yeah. watched it twice and nice. it, it keeps on giving but um, anyway so that was cool Darth Maul's uh, we'll talk a lot more about him but I think I love how sparingly Lucas uses him mm. and which makes him keep oh. his badass status because like right. it's yeah. we we aren't told every single thing about him. Like he's just great introduction yeah. is the attack on Tatooine. I always forget that scene happens for some reason. It's like, the <laughs> yeah, hunter, yeah. it's like the millennium like, Falcon oh, coming back. I'm like, Oh, that's right. We had a, like a, yeah. like a two second uh, uh, saber duel, but it's amazing. Yeah. Cause yeah. on paper, it looks almost like a fan film where it's like right. some random guy rolls up out of the desert yeah. and attacks yeah. for no reason without yeah. any kind of like envoy yeah. of troops or yeah. something that really sets up. Yeah. It's a dark yeah. character. It's just kind of happens out of nowhere. But it's also great for yeah. doing that. Like it's yeah. so uh, unexpected. And kind Suddenly of... it's on, and you're like, "Oh my yeah. god, is this this is going to happen right now?" Yeah, you're like, yeah. you get a big lightsaber fight, just smack yeah. dab in the middle of the movie. It's really totally cool. agree with that. Just when he comes out, like chills when he comes out yeah. of the hollow projection, it's just like he's like, "No, I'm going to send my apprentice yeah. Darth Maul." Yes. They're like, "F." Yeah. Those yeah, Nemoidians, yeah. man. Those guys. Uh, the design of Darth Maul is incredible too. It's yeah, like, so to look good. upon Darth Maul with fresh eyes and think about yeah. you know never seeing the character and then seeing it. Whoa! Yeah, like, incredible. Yeah. Even just I haven't seen him live action in forever. He's yeah. been animated and he's right. cool animated, but yeah, whew, live action Ray Park looks yep. bad. Ray it's Park really with cool. Peter Serafinowicz's voice. Right. Yeah, is yeah. like a perfect combination. Yeah, yeah. totally. And he's kind of non-vocal. I mean, Darth Maul's no. He just says that one line at last. We'll have our revenge. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. 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 And uh yeah, you I mean it's almost a bummer um that he has to go. I mean it is a bummer I, that he has to go. Well, now that we're on this topic, I mean, the movie works so much better and so much more dramatic and so much more resonant if he dies. Yes. But he's brought back in the comics, and animated series and he's just like Right. Pr- pr- proliferates like everything mm-hmm. post yeah. Phantom Menace. And that that's always bothered me. I I have as much as I could talk about the negative things about Phantom Menace the, the most negative thing in my point of view to come out of the Phantom Menace was keeping Darth Maul alive. Mm. And I know that was yeah. something that Filoni and George Lucas and Pablo Hidalgo yeah. and all these kind of the these ultimate storytellers at the, the forefront of Lucasfilm right. had discussed and had agreed upon, you know, okay. doing, bringing yeah. them back. Yeah. I, I, I get that. I'm just... I personally would think he would resonate much more if he died for some reason i think like the, yeah. the character would have that is probably the biggest stretch in Star Wars, right? I, I mean I, I like that character and what they did with him in the clone wars and, and rebels but i agree it felt like the second he was coming back i'm like oh it feels like so much fan service it felt yeah. so fan servicey to me when they did that yeah. right but you know that's not yeah. the that's yeah. not the main stories no. and he died yeah. for for the purpose of this film he died and it i mean right. it really you know, deaths really add a lot of gravitas, right? Because, I mean, Count Dooku and Asajj Ventress and Grievous, like, you're getting lots more dark characters after Maul. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see why they couldn't switch places in terms of screen time and yeah. exploring more of their narratives. Because, right. you know, there's no, there's no kind of concrete death of any of those characters on film. So it's like, all right, uh, let's go with these characters but whatever yeah. it doesn't matter yeah i'm not i'm not gonna be bogged down by that thought no, no, he's yeah. in the animated series it's, they did it for the, fun the obi-wan it, well, and mall episode is incredible the yeah. ezra and the, yeah. the temple yeah. is incredible like these yeah. episodes that feature Darth that's Maul the thing is like he clamors back for relevance through all of the clone wars yeah. things and all of the rebels things mm-hmm. just to run into obi-wan kenobi right. for about a minute and mm-hmm. a half it and is. meet his faithful yeah. Yeah. right and like that sort of yeah you know, I think that's sort of cool. But, it's like he's yeah. never really relevant again. No. You know, it's just kind of in the background. And, and yeah, I mean, and at the point like you're trying to make or you're making is that like, if you consume anything outside of just if you consume yeah. anything outside the movies, this is part of that narrative now. So when you see Darth, Darth Maul fall down that shaft, yeah, yeah. my mind always goes. Oh, he gets spider legs. Yeah, yeah. like exactly. <laughs> like it always yeah. do that. And then my wife, who only consumes the movies. Yeah. Probably, and I don't think I've had a conversation yeah. with her. I she's probably like, oh yeah, he's dead, and I'm yeah. like, I like the world you live in. <laughs> like, yeah, like, <laughs> I prefer seems, that world. It's just yeah. more effective if he's dead. That's just, yeah. I don't know. No, I agree. It just yeah. seems kind of dark. Well, they all. Th- hey, the, the important thing is that Obi Wan smote him, and I mean yes. because a lot happened there, right? Right. Uh, that was one of the things I noticed was I was like, man, Qui Gon badass sword fighter like mm-hmm. i could watch that forever and i don't know if like he's a tall dude yeah yeah you know, like yeah. he yeah. is yeah. massive do you show him they show him next to shmi skywalker and mm-hmm. he's like like a foot and a half taller than yeah. she is and so you see his lightsaber animated it's like six feet long <laughs> and uh and you know he's just like i mean his fighting style is amazing just seeing you know his whole thing is so good mm-hmm. um and you know he gets bested by maul because i mean that sort of that defines maul is complete badass yeah. i'm like you know he used a cheap move and yep. that day he was the better better fighter yep. and then you see uh it was so great obi-wan i don't know if you see before the the force field opens and, yes and you know he's waiting yeah. and he's not meditating like qui-gon he is up yes and uh he even I, i've seen some of the behind the scenes of him practicing these fighting like mm-hmm. fight right, scenes right. and he does the same thing he like jumps on his toes to get like his heart rate up yeah. and then just like runs in and like he's doing that behind behind the the uh the screen and then yeah. he runs out and yeah. it's just like this flurry of sword hits i mean yeah. i don't know it's yeah. tough it, i'm trying to think like probably i think that's probably the best sword fight in out of the nine movies yeah. like that that there is it and really is incredible like so nothing solid. is topped yeah. the choreography no. in that yeah lightsaber battle yeah uh, but you know in any films it was, that was pretty amazing and also as a total like des- like nerd i uh, i love lightsabers mm-hmm. and uh, those are the two coolest looking lightsaber hilts i think yeah. that i've ever seen are qui-gon jinn's and uh um obi-wan kenobi's original lightsaber yeah. hilt in the phantom menace is like that that's like i'm i'm actually weeping a tear when it falls down that shaft because i'm like that's the coolest yeah. one <laughs> and, I mean, the, the visuals from that that lightsaber fight are just incredible yeah. like when when they first get into that i guess that power plant type yeah. room with all the yeah. catwalks when they first get in there and yeah. darth maul's teetering on the edge and they're both kind of closing on them mm-hmm. it does a it does a fast push close-up on all three characters yes. yeah yep. there's some of the most beautiful close-ups i've ever seen yeah. in star wars yeah. and just capture the essence of star wars it it's works beautiful yeah. Well. interesting way that I, I have to say that those visuals really stick out to me in, as being the best shots yeah the and, uh, and I, I do have to say a, uh, a shout out and kudos to dice and ea for the video game because um it as improbable it is uh they they mimic um the sets of the palace and the throne room mm-hmm. in naboo and the the hangar and that weird power plant yeah, room yeah 
to a T. I, it's, they nice. are identical down to the wow. like chairs in the rooms. And it's, it, just, it doesn't make any sense. They were in a ha- an aircraft hangar. They go through a door, they go through a hallway, and then they're in that weird space yeah. with the levitating catwalks. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. But like, so they made that in in the uh, Hero vs. Villains um, uh, board, and nice. so you can jump over the Naboo starfighters, and then you like go through this hallway, oh, and then cool. you you can be up awesome. there and have the fights uh, on those catwalks, which is cool. And then also the throne room and the big stairs that open up onto you know going over that main uh, center. Um, thoroughfare pedestrian mall like that's also identical Uh, so they did a really good job if you want to actually be on Naboo and be in those areas winging sword you know lightsabers around I can't wait to check that out check the game out yeah I know we're jumping around but I'm just going to jump to the portion of the movie the middle chunk of the movie where it's after Tatooine and we're on Coruscant now yes yes. and uh, I'm going to jump right to the scene where uh, Qui-Gon is presenting Anakin to the council and uh, and that scene is heavy it's mm-hmm. it's beautifully done, yeah, and uh, it's formative uh, for Anakin. You know, like that is mm. probably one of the most formative moments in his life. I mean, as a as a young child, I think you're the influ- when people influence you. I think it's much greater, and I think it's more affecting. And I think uh, in that moment where they deny him apprenticeship, yeah, uh, I think that sits with him for a long time. I think that may be more so to. I mean, I, first of all, I don't don't understand why the council keeps him in the room. When yeah, after yeah. they deny the apprenticeship, they then yeah. keep him in the room for all yeah. this this banter about how you know he's yeah. too old and all this. Yeah. Thing. He's not. He's not, not. Here's all the reasons. You uh, yeah, exactly. Here's all the reasons that we're not going to allow this, and uh, they yeah. keep him in the room for that. And I think that does sit with him. I think that does hang heavy in his mind. I agree. And um, I, I actually just don't know why they would even keep him in the room for that, but it's well, important. It's I would important. prefer that, even as a, I think it's a mature thing to do for a child, and right. rather than just being like, "No, nah, I didn't like you." Right, and I mean, <laughs> they thought and, you were and they're not yeah. thinking Qui Gon's going to die, and that yeah. Obi Wan's yeah. going to take him on. They're really just that's it. It's right. finite. Yeah. No, and no, it's not happening. It's also formative for Obi Wan. I mean, it it's, is yeah. it this. I I think Obi Wan feels a bit of betrayal in that scene where he's yeah. just like, oh, by the way, Obi Wan's fine. Like, yeah, and, and, and like he, he's good enough now. And it was very nice the way he said. But I think Obi Wan was so shocked, and I, you know, yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't. I can't point to all the right. comics, but my feeling is that he probably thought, no, I still have years of training left. But he met someone new, right? <laughs> right? And so I can't help but think how that affected their relationship too, like Obi Wan right. and Anakin's relationship down the line, knowing that like your father's favorite son, yeah, yeah. Or and, and also Anakin. Oh, sorry, go. Oh, I was to say, or he also probably expected a little more pomp and circumstance around yeah. him becoming a yeah. Jedi Knight. Just like, no, 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 I found this new guy. Yeah, that's yeah. the strongest no, ever. He's good. Whatever. He'll be <laughs> yeah. fine. Yeah. But Anakin's also looking at Obi Wan and how young he is and how yeah. much trust is being placed upon him uh, mm. by Qui-Gon and the council. And yeah. I mean, this is the age that Anakin is in uh, Attack of the Clones and Revenge right. of the Sith, really? right? I mean, I, yeah, Attack of the Clones, I believe. Maybe maybe a little after Attack of the Clones. Yeah, but, think, um, yeah. They're about the same age there, and there's no, tr- there's almost, there's little trust put in Anakin. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I think nope. that, yeah. honestly, I think that moment is just really important for yeah, Anakin. I, I think that's a, and, and Obi-Wan the entire time is also siding with the council and thinking Anakin's a danger. He's not giving that kind of love and care that Qui-Gon gives to Anakin. Yeah. And so when, when and so then I'm going to jump to a bigger point, which is uh, the, uh, the discussion point of midi-chlorines and how there's a lot of negative feedback on midi-chlorines. A lot of people don't like it. But I would say that that moment with Qui-Gon and Anakin just yeah. after the council meeting, and he's explaining midi-chlorines. I was wondering. And, um, what are mini glories? And yeah, and yeah. <laughs> but I think honestly, I think hey, eight-year-olds talk like that. Okay, right, yeah. right. It's yeah. a little forced, but I think it's important <laughs> because Qui Gon then explains that 
this is that the midichlorians are these cells inside our bodies and it's this symbiotic relationship mm-hmm. and symbiotic was a, just resonated oh, yes. in my mind because mm-hmm. i was thinking they mentioned myself, it like 20 times it's, it's a metaphor yeah, really yeah. it really is a metaphor because anakin's dependent on qui-gon mm. they together have a symbiotic relationship everyone pairs anakin and obi-wan together when they talk right. about those characters yeah. so they think that's the two two halves of the coins i would go back further and i would, I would talk about qui-gon and anakin as yeah. being this ultimate uh, I guess kind of symbiotic relationship yeah. and how one depends on the other. And if the other goes away, it's going to unbalance that other living organism. Mm. And so when you think about that and the symbi, and then also in the, the new trilogy, we're seeing Kylo and Ray, that is a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It's just, it's just not, it's not two people on yeah. the right. light side or whatever, the innocent people or it's, it's one person's completely dark and one person's light. So symbiotic mm. just like was yeah. resonating so heavily in my mind after that. And I was thinking, Oh my God, when you really apply that to what's going on now, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful scene and it's mm-hmm. a beautiful metaphor. And yeah. I was like, and that's something that I just caught this time around watching the film. And I was like, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. No, it didn't bother yeah. me at all, actually, no. on this mm-hmm. viewing. And I don't think it's ever really, I mean, it was just that was the age where the force was around and it was hyper, you know, concentrated mm-hmm. on. And there was yeah. the whole schools, you know, devoted to studying mm-hmm. it. And so they, of course, they, they understood it on a molecular mm-hmm. level. Right. And Lucas, I think, has, has retconned it. A little bit in the interviews where oh, he really? said that that's Qui-Gon's view of the Force. And there's a lot of mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. opinions about where the Force comes from. And some people believe that it's uh. this. And so I like that. Like, that kind of made me... And I never was... I was like, fine. I don't... I don't. Let's not have more of a conversation about midichlorians. It's okay. Just say yeah. it once. Yeah, yeah. Explain it. Fine. It is interesting the council doesn't take a midichlorian count of him. No, right? right? They don't. It's just he, he and... So maybe it's like they, his old pet biology project that he and, you know, yeah. Obi-Wan have worked and on. And I just feel like... Curious. Yeah, I feel like Sam Jackson or... or um, um, why can't I think of his name? Sam Jackson's character. Mace Windu. Mace Windu. Mace Windu, yeah. I don't know why. It's just sitting there going, oh, what the freaking midichlorian talk again. <laughs> yeah, All right, yeah, just, yeah. just nod along. Don't yeah, question him yeah. because he's going to explain to you <laughs> right, why it's the right, case. Right. Uh-huh, yep, got it. More yeah. midichlorians, yep, cool. Right. But, you know, it never really bothered me. It's fine. I don't, I don't like when things are explained, but it's not... It's one scene. <laughs> it's a moment. You can choose to ignore it if you want yeah, as, a, right. as a film viewer. Like, it's yeah. not it's constant. And um, I, I had a friend, I was in discussion with a friend recently, and he was talking about how he doesn't like the idea of midi-chlorines and how some people could be born with, you know, uh, a, a higher natural connection to the Force than other people and right. um, how he thinks that the Force should be, like, enlightenment and that if you think about mm-hmm. it and meditate and practice, you know, uh, growing your force sensitivity right. uh, you should be able to connect to the force in a greater way to become a Jedi or Sith or etc blah, blah, blah. and then he said that I don't like the idea of kind of epic lineages in terms of Rey I don't want her to come from a bloodline of high midi-chlorine count and be this kind of uh, you know powerful by blood scenario and then he, he said and then I said you know he said he'd rather just have it so anyone can be a, a super powerful force user if they just practice it like enlightenment you know what i mean and i said to him i said you know anyone really can be a powerful force user because if you think about it the most powerful force user recorded on record before anakin was yoda and Mm -hmm. i mean anakin and and yoda could not be more different so who's to say the next person who's like extremely powerful with the force can't be just a completely different life form of completely different origin and look completely different i i think I think you could you could argue that anyone can be powerful in the Force. That it's kind of yeah. like it. It never really yeah. to me felt like a lineage other than the Skywalker bloodline, which would make sense. I mean, it makes right. sense that there is some 
biological connection, but it always seemed to be more like a mutation, like a random mutation. Like right. someone could be born force sensitive, someone might not be born. Right. Maybe you have a greater chance if your parents were, but right. still, random. it could affect yeah. anyone. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you sort of saw in Geonosis that there there are different scales of Jedi too. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot that just got blown up. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. And also Coleman Trebor. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And even oh my God. poor. Um, Oh, I can't. I think of his name, the tentacle head dude. Um, yeah. Kit Fisto. Uh, Kit yeah. Fisto. Yeah. yeah, like, and, um, you know, in that fateful fight with uh, Darth Sidious and, and Return of the Like, just way, like, two dudes just wasted, yeah. and they're like Jedi Masters. Oh, Sessie yeah. Tin and Kit Fisto. Yeah, they just taken down. Oh, what's the guy's last name? Something Koth. Uh, I used to know all of them. Yeah. Koth. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I had them all, too. That's funny. Um, um, yeah. Useless knowledge. But I love the Jedi I, I, Council. I totally disagree. Yeah. <laughs> we're using them right now. Yeah. yeah. Finally. We're finally okay, finding a okay. use for them. Yeah. Um, and somewhere, like, someone's listening to this podcast being like, oh, I got Jedi <laughs> What are you not doing? Get this down. Yeah. Yeah. You morons. Um, Just kick this two poster by, right by. I, I love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love uh, the Jedi Council. I love the diverse aliens, the number of aliens, the yeah. weird aliens we get. Waddle. Waddle. Oh, yeah. 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 I was looking at the uh, the credits yeah. as the, the credits were rolling too, yeah. and I was like trying to see yep. like. Oh, Wait, did you say name. Waddle? Waddle. Yeah. It's not Yaddle? Yaddle. Sorry. <laughs> Yaddle. Yaddle. You say Yaddle, I say Yaddle. <laughs> waddle. The whole thing it's off. pronounced, the, the Y is pronounced W <laughs> yeah. in this uh, room right now. Yarrow Poof is still my favorite oh, one. The best. That's the, the balloon like, head. Four with foot the... neck. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, so he's not a. Uh, uh, Camonian. No, so he was so quick behind the scenes. He was originally Thanks. in episode two, and then they wiped him out and replaced him because he looked too much like the Camon the Camonians uh, and Camonian. So Kaminoan. they didn't want to con- George didn't want him. What didn't want him confused? So he's not yeah. supposed to be he's supposed to be a different type of alien. Well, yeah, I mean, but... there could be two long neck aliens. I mean, sure, it's a galaxy. Yeah, yeah. But one, they really they replaced has... Poof because of that. Yes, one has a head full of helium, Yarl Poof, and the other people are just have normal. Heads like, <laughs> yeah, the other ones are just, yeah, strong spines oh, I love that, that are 20 yeah. long. <sighs> what else we have to say about Phantom Menace? Oh, after, so after Coruscant, probably wrap this we're, up soon. We're yeah. wrapping, okay, after Coruscant, we go to Naboo. Yep, um, I thought the action was awesome in that whole last sequence. I thought the inner yeah. cutting was yep. just a little too much, but little I thought the much, action was incredible. Yeah, fantastic. When they're flashing between like the ground bottom battle, the space yeah. battle, yes. and, the, and right. the, I like all three. Like you said, though, I wish they were stuck with them a little longer before yeah. intercutting. But the action's great. What do we feel? We haven't really talked about how you guys feel about battle droids. I love them. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever gone to any of the like events where they show you a battle droid in person? No, where they no, have like they're. They're like your height, Grant. They're oh, like wow. six heavy oh, dull. Wow. Oh, wow. They are yeah, so menacing. So like they awesome. look like toys yeah. in the yeah. thing. Yeah, they do. But they're really, yeah. really badass. And uh I just and I love the levity yeah. that they give. At first it was a little just like joining me. I was like, yeah. wait, what did they, what did he just say? Yeah. Which is like something that happens a lot in Star Wars now. It's just like yeah. suddenly they, they say something and you're like, oh, that was not what I was expecting yeah. out of that creature, but that, yeah, that's yeah. great. But like them having these funny like personalities and they're yeah. like these snarky like robot yeah. cops or something. Right, right. Like That's funny. I don't know. I like I it. know. I, people had problems with them. I feel like we've been introduced to the fact that droids and robots have personalities and yeah. have quirks and yeah. it's fine with me and I, I think they work. I think they look really good. I think the fact that you make something inhuman through CGI works better than trying to make something human-like, which Jar Jar yeah. sometimes yeah. works, sometimes doesn't. It's right. like far away, but the yeah. the, the uh, battle droids work. 
yeah, in terms of the angle and like silhouette of the the angles and silhouette of the of the droids, it's like they are the most Macorian like Ro- yes. Macorian yeah. characters yeah, on screen. Point. Like yeah. I don't think there's any besides Boba, Boba Fett's you know, mm-hmm. yeah very much jumping out of a Ralph Macquarie yeah. painting. But yeah. those droids really do you know you really do feel the yeah. the art style of Ralph Macquarie and all those droids and yeah. the architecture and whatnot. Yeah. So that is something to really yeah. think. Of. Yeah, that, that's beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah. So. yeah. Plus, it gives us so much more lightsaber use because if yes. that was a, right, if that right, was a right. group of, of stormtroopers, you couldn't have a PG movie <laughs> yeah, with just exactly, limbs yeah. flying everywhere. So. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. yeah, so many great scenes of and then yeah, them just talking about mirroring. Yeah. This will be my final note on the film, which yeah. is the the mirroring of Return of the Jedi uh, in, in that Qui Gon's burned. Mm. Just like yes, yeah, yeah, I noticed yeah, that this time film, too. And I was yeah. like, same oh, framing, same, yeah, exactly, yeah. same yeah. frame, exactly. Uh, that was kind of something I noticed again, and thought that was a great mirror, like yeah. a great usage of of doing a mirror. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And all the more now, you've got me going, man. I'm, I think I'm shipping on Raygon Jin because, like, how cool, <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you know, I, I think people do not focus yeah. as much on the Anakin Qui Gon right. um, relationship as you have, and then. How much yeah. you know? That's a lightsaber, and yeah. you know, a, a Skywalker and a Jin, and then it would be great right. in nine yeah. if it was a Skywalker and a Jin too. And they do like they do. I keep saying they do use prequels. I mean, this this movie introduced the idea of a balancing of the Force that was yeah. not in the originals, right? right? That was not a prophecy. A prophecy right. and a, what a balance means. Yeah. So yeah, we talked about this, right? There's yeah. no hanging question over the sequel trilogy. Whereas in this, there's this the prophecy mm. of the Force and all all our interpretations of what yeah. that could mean, and yeah. kind right. of like that was just something that kept us our 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 mind cogs you know moving we're yeah. just like what's going on here what's this book of the prophecy mean what could the outcome be is mm-hmm. it luke and the original trilogy was it right anakin you know throwing the emperor it's like what is it yeah so i mean if we knew anything about anything really like i mean this is the movie that's probably going to inform nine the most episode nine the most mm-hmm. i think i mean or i would like to see it but yeah because i mean it, it needs to come to an end and it's not just ending you know it's the last chapter of a trilogy that's a last chapter of a trilogy of trilogies it's yeah. you mm-hmm. know it's it's really it, it should bring it together i think you know they they like ryan did a good job of connecting some parts of it but i'd love to see you know i'd love to see them go back i mean ray needs a lightsaber right and she has one kyber crystal and she's got a lot of books she's super dangerous but she needs to learn stuff i mean mm-hmm. if she doesn't have luke in her ear the whole time like maybe she goes on a quest maybe she visits tatooine Maybe she goes, but you know, maybe she she probably talks to Maz Kanata, and Maz Kanata's like, right. "Well, I found this stuff, but there's rumors about a hut where this, you know, Jedi Master Obi Wan Kenobi used to live, and she finds Obi Wan Kenobi's wow, chest, that's a really and like, cool idea. in that chest oh, is wow, Qui Gon Jinn's lightsaber, yeah. and like, you know, I don't know, there's a lot of stuff yeah. she could find in there. She goes on her vision quest of her own. I mean, oh. chances are they need to develop like plots, and they don't have yeah. enough time to do this sort of adventure thing at the end." But um, oh, but I don't I do. know. They could do a I, lot I, of really cool stuff if she starts investigating mm. this sort of origin to find you know the the strength to defeat Kylo Ren. Now my life's not complete if I don't see Rey and Obi Wan's. <laughs> like now yeah. I, I never know how yeah. how much I want to see. That. <laughs> I know you just mentioned that. I've thought about it a lot lately, and I just especially after Simon Pegg's comments, and uh, I I just I don't see how it can be retconned. But if it's done, I'm gonna stand up in my chair and just clap. <laughs> just <laughs> slow clap. I have no idea. As as like a writer myself, I just I've looked at it every which way. And I, I just, I think it's nearly impossible. I think, yeah. I think JJ, there's an 85% chance that JJ will, I mean, there's a, there's a 15% chance, should I say, that JJ will retcon. Will retcon it? Yeah. There's 85% chance he won't. So you're saying there's a chance. Because yeah. I think a lot of people are coming from, uh, yeah, I, I told you I spoke with someone last week about what they thought about midi-chlorines and, 
epic lineages and all this kind of stuff. And I just feel like there's a lot of people who love the message of the last Jedi, which is yeah. anyone can be it. Anyone can be a hero. Anyone yeah. can be the Jedi. You know, it's, it's kind of a, it's a great message and to, to go against that and throw her in some kind of epic lineage might yeah. disrupt that thought. Yeah. And so I don't know. I personally just don't think it's going to happen, but right. if it happens again, I will applaud. I think open it is going to happen. The theater. Yeah, I really so. think it's going to happen. I, I would almost flip those odds on my my thing. I okay, put some money wow. down. Um, I, I put down like fifty bucks on that. Like, that's like a legit thing. I'm going to keep doing these, and someone's going to tally up all our like side yeah. bets. I'll put yeah. down like two years. I'll put down like, steak, steak dinner. Six hundred eighty-seven dollars. Right. I'll put a steak dinner down on um, yeah. that he doesn't do it. I think I think the reason why I think it might happen that way is because. Ryan Johnson introduced that theme, and I think that's the theme he's going to follow in his trilogy. And so I think they're going to be like, "You go do the anyone can be a hero and have to be the Force." We're going to keep doing the Skywalker story. alien main character. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Wow. But yeah. Anyway, we'll see. I I'd be fine either way. To be that. honest, like I prefer honestly, I think I prefer her not being connected to anyone. But right. But we'll see. We will see. Indeed. Yeah. All right. Awesome. That was a marathon. I loved it. Um, <laughs> let's do it again next week. Yeah. Thanks very much for listening, and uh, check us out. You can um, please talk to us at uh, SW Weekly Pod on uh, Twitter, and uh, we will answer your questions, and uh, we're looking forward to start doing that soon. Um, and please write a review and like us and do all that stuff because um, we like doing this. And, rate us, um, rate us, rate us on iTunes. <laughs> yes, please. please. Yeah, please, iTunes, please. we're on other things too. The yeah. only holdout is, I think, Spotify right now. I'm going to hmm. reapply to that. Um, those clowns are... Yeah, we'll are be on Spotify soon enough. We'll be yeah. on there soon. But um, yeah, however you're listening to us, thank you. Um, thank you. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.